Let's go down to ringside. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Welcome to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here for episode number 110. It is our season 11 finale. Here on Monday, December 17th, 2018, we're here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling. I am Joe Morata, and as always with me is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy doody. Another finale upon us, Michael. Yes, here we are. We it's are here. the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> and all, I feel fine. The, well, yeah, some kind of cliffhanger. <laughs> Cliff. Cliff. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much. We won't leave you hanging for too long, though, because we have some great topics to talk to you about here on the finale here for season 11. But before we get to any of that, we want to thank you again for being with us. If you haven't yet and you have a Twitter why don't you follow us? You can do that at OVP Podcast on Twitter. You can also email us at OVP Podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, there is a place if you are interactive on the social media, if you want to talk to me and Quinn and interact with a bunch of other retro wrestling fanatics, you can find a group that we have. It's over on the Facebook. It's, yeah, facebook.feet slash blooper. It's a, it's a good website. Uh, yes, it is. Where they, you can communicate with each other, right? Yeah. So how do you find us? There's a lot of Facebook groups. There's group. at least like seven groups, right? There's definitely at least seven Facebook groups in existence. Maybe more, maybe. maybe less. I'm not sure. But we have one. But we have one of those seven. So you go over to Facebook. You type in the search, our vantage point, dash retro wrestling podcast. Sometimes it pulls up the PR page. Don't ignore, ignore, that. ignore that. Just the one that says the group, yep. join that. And then the operators stand by and they're like, hey, somebody wants to join. This is great. And then they hit yes. Yep. And then you're in. Yeah. Now, once you're in, here's the great thing about this group is we talk about the retro wrestling. We also can talk about the current wrestling sometimes. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes if, if an event is going on, maybe Quinn or somebody else would be, you know, posting about it. But what we like to promote there is a fun environment where we don't want to get in all kinds of arguments about whose opinion is right and whose is wrong. I'll tell you what, opinions are like buttholes. Everyone has one and mine and Quinn's are right. And that's about it. But in all seriousness, if you join this group, you're going to have a really fun time because it's a lighthearted endeavor, if you will. Jake George and Quinn calls it the middle school lunch table. I've heard this. Yes. It's something about middle school and elementary schools. Tater tots. Lunch ladies. Oh, remember the lunch ladies with their hairnets? Yeah, the hairnets. I wonder if they still have to do that. Uh, Any current lunch ladies that listen to this show, please let us know. Do you you still have to wear the hairnet in this day and age? I would think sanitation rules have not changed, right? But anyway, join the Facebook group. It'll be a really fun time. We promise you that. Whether you've been a fan for a long time, or maybe you're just getting into wrestling or retro wrestling and you're looking back, maybe you're younger, older, whoever you may be, join the Facebook group. It'll be a really great time. We promise you that. And later on in the show, we'll have some information about our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you like what we do and you want to donate. But here to end the season, you know, Quinn and I all season long here on season 11, we have been alternating back and forth to open the show about something that is on our minds. In the last like five or six episodes, it's kind of turned into 
taking something from the present and tying it to the past. Right. We've talked about women's wrestling. We've talked about promos. We talked about last week uh, production techniques. Yeah, there, there's a whole plethora of topics that link from the past to the future or right. now. The past actually, to the present. Even. I mean, we don't have a time machine. We can't. No, not yet. I mean, Techno Team 2000 does, <laughs> but we don't. Yes. So this time around, to close out the season, Quinn and I... Have um, collaborated, I guess, colluded. Uh, colluded. <laughs> We've colluded. Collusion is There's here. There's been some collusion it's on, here. It's on this podcast. Definitely. It's real news here. Yeah. And I wanted to title this one, I guess, WWE versus the fans. That's kind of a tongue-in-cheek expression because for the last, I guess, since Twitter really blew up and became widespread, but even before that. I mean, as we've been pointing out in the Royal Rankings, pretty much since the pipe bomb has the WWE really acknowledged the fans so, right? this in this such a way, right? And they became the universe around the same time. Right, yeah. There are many expressions that we just take for granted. You know, we use them all the time, yet we never examine them carefully. We just say them as if they really made sense. But one thing that's really been going on heavily the last 10 years or so is wrestling fans... <laughs> complaining yeah. about what WWE is doing. So that's nothing new. Uh, that didn't right. just start like last year. It's been going on a really long time. But I feel like now, especially the last few years with Twitter, it's more accessible to complain. More people can see the average Joe or the average Mike complain about things and give their fantasy booking and their ideas and all that. And I guess I like to call that fourth dimensional fandom, Quinn. Which is... <laughs> okay, I, you want me to put that in the uh, the title of this episode? Fourth Dimensional Fandom? Yeah. Go ahead, that's yeah. fine. But you know what I'm talking about? Questioning every booking decision. You know, at, you ever go on Twitter when Raw is happening? Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> you know, it's to the point where literally Twitter... Have you noticed this? That Twitter just puts a category up automatically only when Raw is on, and I really don't know why. It's like the number... It's not the number one thing. It's like in their like headline thing. Yes. that just says, WWE Raw is on or something. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just... It, they just, like, know at this point, yeah. like... <laughs> Which is, like, that most apt description of Raw these yeah. days. Anyway, Raw, it's on. <laughs> Raw, yeah, Raw is currently on the air. Used to, go complain about it. You're welcome. It, it used to be Raw is war. Yeah. Now it's Raw is on. <laughs> yeah, Raw is on the air. But you know what I'm talking about, right, Quinn? Yeah, I know. People just like to bitch about a lot of things. Now, people do say positive things, too. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of fantasy booking. WWE should do this. Everyone's got an opinion. They should do this. And and this guy should do this. Well, you know, as it pertains to right now, one thing that really bothers me the number one complaint that I see right now is, oh, man, WWE stinks so much <laughs> right now. Like, at this specific, like, yeah. they're like, look, they're losing viewers and this and that. I'm like, and I keep saying, I think I've said on this show, do you ever watch this company? Like, it's fucking December. Like, yeah, it's it always never good in sucks. December. Like, why is everyone complaining? Like, it's usually we not know good. that the Royal Rumble is going to come on and everyone's like, oh, we love <laughs> WWE again. Like, this happens every time. So this is true. Just stop the complaining already about <laughs> that. You know, I'm tired of this, oh, WWE just coasts, and they go into autopilot mode from here until the Royal Rumble. And they don't even build for the Royal Rumble, because the Royal Rumble bills itself. Anybody care what this guy thinks? No! It's a whole subculture now yeah. of people that are never satisfied with anything that WWE is doing. Well, yeah, that, and it's a subculture of people who I think, like, don't realize, like, how the thing works that they're that they're <laughs> watching like, that they're watching like that it ebbs and flows and, yes i mean it always kind of worked this way even sitcoms ebb and flow yeah. some episodes are bad some are good yeah right? and i think the problem is is people are now applying too much of that television writing stuff 
yeah. to a program about fake fighting in your <laughs> underpants. But I would I would also say that WWE themselves tries to apply too much but, of a yeah, TV mentality. It's part of their own it's, fault. It's their own fault. Yeah. And now I am in no way, and I know you're not either, Quinn, advocating for the current product and saying that everything about it is great. Believe me, I know that there I'm are not, plenty of things to complain about. Listen, I get it. But I'm just saying, I don't think people are looking through through a lens of like, it's always been this way and it always will be this way because it's just the nature of what it is. Right. We're watching, you know, 1982, for example, right? And it ebbs and flows, doesn't it? It does. Like, and I just, I don't, I don't think people get that. That's all I'm saying. Do you think that having a mentality, this is a real question for you, Quinn, and you fans at home, pond this yourselves, okay? Ponder over this. Do you think that the whole idea of always deciding, or not deciding, but speculating as to what's going to happen Booking wise mm-hmm. versus who's going to win, but booking they should do this with X person. They're misusing X person. Blah blah blah. Right? Do you think that that and knowing what's going to be better, what every fan thinks they know exactly what needs to get done? Do you think that mentality versus just getting absorbed in what you're watching? Do you think that hurts the enjoyment? And I that it, might I be think it part has of like it? a time and a place. Okay. Like for example, if somebody is if X character is doing this, but he had the choice of doing that. Maybe he had a choice of of being allied with other wrestler or not or something. Like, I can see why fans might say, oh, I would have had him go with the other guy, right? Like, something like that where you're working with inside the booking. inside the story. With inside the story. It's like, like, like any other story, it's like, oh, I wish Daniel Bryan chose to be friends with AJ Styles instead of that big heel um, somebody. Whoever, right? You know what I mean? Like, that kind of stuff's fine. Right. Or, like, I even don't mind predicting uh, something's coming up. Mm-hmm. Like, and uh, it's like, man, I really hope AJ Styles beats Samoa Joe. Like, I'd really like that. I think they should let that happen because that would be really cool. Right? right. Okay. I understand. Like, that's great. One of the big problems that they're running into here is that everybody's cheering for Dean Ambrose. I mean, their whole idea was. Well, we'll have Dean Ambrose turn on the shield the day that Roman Reigns goes down with leukemia. He'll be the hottest heel we've ever had. Didn't work that way. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. This idea that because what you wanted to happen didn't happen, it's like, well, they booked it wrong. And yeah. These writers suck. It's like, but they're telling a story. So, like... <laughs> right. Like it can't always just like go the way you want. Like what? Like what story ever works that way? <laughs> That's true, right? So all these people, and again, if you think this way, I'm not condemning you, and I don't have a problem with you, and I'm not going to argue with you. But if you think that you always need to be one step ahead of the writers, and and I'm not saying the writers are good, and they do something that you don't like, you are getting absorbed into it, whether you think right. you are or not. I think another thing with all this that ties into it is like some people will say. Shinsuke Nakamura, he's misused. Right. To that, I say, there's also 45 different wrestlers on the roster that you really like and think are the best people. Right. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, Samoa Joe, etc., etc., mm-hmm. all these people. How do they really, like, expect them to find the time? Like, even though they have a lot of time, like, I think that's also a stupid argument, is because they have time, but they there's also, time. like, a story time. Like, there's only so many people you can fit into fighting for the world belt. Without oversaturating and right. overexposing people. Right. right, exactly. So people might say, well, why is Shinsuke Nakamura only U.S. champion? He should be the world champion. But should he? I don't know! That's well, the thing, a, right? should he? And B, is there 
enough room <laughs> in that scene of people that maybe he should be in it. Right. Even I though he was in it for like four months or something. He was. But they're like, oh, well, what did he get downgraded? Who did he piss off? Like that's, see, I don't like people looking at it that way now. It's like, well, maybe they just decided he had a world title program. <laughs> right. We want to make him seem strong still. So here's this other title. Right. Not everyone can win their world title match either. <laughs> like, by the way. How many great wrestlers, to bring it back to retro now, are beloved, never won the world title? And I'm talking guys like Kurt Perfect. Jake the Snake. Razor Ramon. Yeah. there's Roddy Piper. Yeah, Roddy Piper. Yeah. All these guys. And why was that? Because there's literally no spot for them <laughs> yeah. in that thing. Right. Like, and eventually all these people at least got like undercard titles they or they got like high profile feuds mm -hmm. or something it's not like they did nothing with them right so that leads me i guess to the next thing is if twitter now i know the dirt sheets were around in the 80s and 90s and it was a much smaller segment of people knew about them it was a very yeah. small subculture no, definitely but if twitter were around in the 80s and 90s how much shit do you think you would have heard about Hogan as world champion, how he never loses, how he always goes over, LOL, Hogan wins, yeah. right? Steve, does it surprise you the tack that the WWF is taking now? Uh, did you think that they would uh, go longer and harder with Flair versus Hogan? Uh, it seems like they're going to have that as a non-title match. I thought that the best way to do it, if you're going to use Ric Flair, pay him the money, bring him in, would have him going against Hogan for the championship. But the way that it looks, it seems like that's not going to be a championship battle, so to speak, when Hogan and Flair do do their wrestling in their upcoming months. The point is, is that it was drawing money at the time. Yeah. And you know what I got to say about that, which is really funny? We already had that. It was called John Cena. Yeah, exactly. John Hogan. That was the updated yeah. version of it. Yeah, John but that Hogan. was the, the, the version that existed with Twitter. No. It is, right? Yeah. But you probably would have also heard things like, uh, you know, Roddy Piper should be the world champion and right. stuff like that. Which is all like, it's you all know, that, fine. that's fine for you as a fan to say, man, I really wish Roddy Piper would be the champion. Right. However, to illogically like get mad because he fought Hulk Hogan and lost <laughs> like is stupid. But that brings me to that thing that I always try to pinpoint and articulate is. Everyone likes to say that they know, not everyone, sorry, but a lot of people are smart because now everyone's a smart, everyone knows yeah. it's not real and everyone's smarter than the business now, right? And we're, yeah. we're all, and you and I were like this a lot back in the day. Right. We're all smarter than the business. We know the best decisions. At the end of the day, if you're upset that someone didn't win, you are just as much buying into yeah. it as the casual fan. Exactly. Whether or not your reasons, quote unquote, are justified, if you are upset that the guy you want wanted to win didn't win and they've got your viewership or your money you bought in that's literally <laughs> like how old school booking would work yes like you're supposed you know anybody who's like they think that they're you know you're they're supposed to be mad or like or that they're mad because of the booking decision rather than right. what the actual decision is you're mad because like someone you bought into it and <laughs> yeah. you're the guy you like lost that's right. like which is like literally wrestling like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> like that at its core, wrestling is about choosing someone that you want to win and someone right. that you want to lose, right? As a fan. I think my favorite recent example, because I watched it on the boards with people, was Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar, right? Survivor Series. Yeah, and he's getting all beat up at the beginning, right? And everyone's like, see, I told you, Brock Lesnar, he stinks. <laughs> he's bringing down Daniel Bryan. This match stinks. He's beating him up and blah, blah, blah. Worst episode ever. And all I'm thinking in my head is like, 
have any of these people ever watched wrestling? Like, <laughs> you know, he's going to like make a comeback, right? <laughs> like I know. And what makes that actually really good booking is that they set this precedent with John Cena getting like beat up a whole match yep. so that like they have all these people bitching and moaning <laughs> the whole time. And then when Daniel Bryan actually did come back, right. which was actually like a big deal because we've seen in the past that people sometimes don't come back from Brock Lesnar beatdowns. Roman like, Reigns the, never did. Right. In the middle of the match. Right. Mm hmm. And, like, when he came back, everyone, that whole arena was, like, standing at their feet. Yeah. And I just, I had to look at that whole situa situation and be like, that's just how psychology works. It's like every fucking wrestling match I've ever seen. Yeah, right, like, right. That's just really good psychology, yes. right? You're getting vested in the match. You want the guy to make a comeback. Yeah, like a Brett match where, like, you know, like where Brett, Brett gets, Diesel, for Brett example. Diesel, he gets beat down the whole time and he hits the small package at the end and beats, exactly. beats the Diesel. Right? <laughs> yeah, I beat the Diesel. Right. But I was a better wrestler. But, I mean, that's just the way wrestling is. And, yeah. So, you know, with Twitter and all this. With Twitter. And I think that that's an interesting point that you made there about that match. At the end of the day, whether it's a face or a heel, if you want someone to win and someone to lose, you're into it. You're into the product, whether you think you're smarter than it or not. Now, believe me, I want to clarify. There are a lot of things off-putting about the current product. Now, there, there are, are there are instances where they, they have actually trolled the audience which i don't appreciate that kind of stuff <laughs> yeah exactly but that's what they don't want you no to. but there's been some like it's more like hard trolling whereas it's like they like literally like know that the whole yeah. crowd that whole instance in 2014 with daniel Bryan, like they of course like, they know and even you've complained about it yes. too before where it's like they were really going to do that, like Batista versus Randy Orton. Main event at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 30. 30. Yeah, like they, they, like that was like yes, really what they, they really were. Like that this that is was the stupid shit. Like, yeah. Oh no. Everybody <laughs> wants to see these two guys fight each other. Right. Yeah. They actually did do that, and then they trolled us again in 15, where after Daniel Bryan got eliminated, they had Big Show and Kane throw everybody out. Right. Some of that is. It's funny though because funny, people it, were booing, and those were heels doing it. It's funny, but at the same time, there there there's something different about it. It's my point. It's like, well, it's modern heel work, basically. Right. It's modern heel work. I guess what I'm trying to say is like sometimes they go a little overboard with it, where they completely like disillusion people from wanting to watch Correct. because they're like, oh, well, it's always the same guys win. So like some people actually really do stop, which is that's why I'm like, there's like mm -hmm. a line with this kind of thing. Like there is a line because. In the 80s and 90s, even, they made stupid decisions that turned people off. Right. It's not like that's new. Like, I mean, the Lex Express, yeah. that could have gone a lot worse. They're lucky it didn't. Well, I mean, that turned a lot of people off. As far back as the Ultimate Warrior winning the title, because a lot of people yeah. were like, well, why didn't Hulk win? He right. Hulk's the best. <laughs> right. Like, what, what, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, I mean, they're definitely still not above making stupid booking decisions that upset people and, right. and missing the mark as far as what people not, want. Not understanding what the audience yeah. actually wants to see. Like, right. that's why that Daniel Bryan thing was so much more appalling, right? Right. Like, right. Especially in the Royal Rumble, was because it just seemed so obvious yes. that they like finally had a baby face that the crowd was really behind. Yeah, right. Which they was something they were lacking for a really long time. Yeah. Batista said, I'm going to be champion. Deal with it. That's one where right. I agree with you, where they were just so off the mark, they should have taken what they had and ran with it. Right. Instead of being forced into it, basically. But let me ask you this, Quinn. Another topic here on, on the same vein. Why do you think it is I think I, I have my opinions. I want to hear yours. Why do people these days hate most of the faces and cheer all the heels? 
I'll I'll tell you why. Yeah, because there is no good faces. They always make the true. faces look like big pussies. Or assholes. Yeah, but I mean, like, okay, like, I'm even saying back in the day with Hogan, right? Uh-huh. Hogan was an asshole at times. <laughs> and, like, I guess the reason people liked him because he was, like, a cool face. Like, he, like, think about him. Think about, like, I know Hulk Hogan in general doesn't seem like a cool guy in 2018. <laughs> He's or not whatever. quite a neat guy, no. Right. But back then, he's a he's a face that says "dude" and "brother" and Daddy. like yeah, like that seems cool to, to to the kids of that back then, right? Sure. And he's willing to fight fire with fire, like when Would the gorilla when, monsoon. Yeah, I'm just saying, when the heels get dirty, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he's willing to give it back to them. When and it comes crashing down, when it hurts comes inside. crashing down and it hurts inside, <laughs> you gotta be a man. man. You can't, you can't let, let it slide. slide. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's in the song. Like, all I'm saying is, like, there's not enough of that, right? It's like the baby faces are like, they are what they are. They're like, suffering succotash. Yeah, that was bad. And, like, that's what I think was, like, the problem with Roman Reigns is he was, like, so goody two-shoes. Yeah. And, like, he would just, like, he just seemed like a sucker. A like, sucker is a good word for it. Like, he just seemed like a, a loser. One, like That was one of the problems with 2014 Dean Ambrose. Remember when he caught fire for a little bit? Yeah. But then he would just, like, literally catch fire and put ketchup and mustard on things. Right. They made him a doofus. Yeah. Like, that was and, one of the problems there. But this is there. what all the faces feel like. Right. That's why, like, when those faces that the fans really do like when they turn heel. Everyone's excited because it's like, oh, now this guy can, like, give it back because these guys, like, he always loses because of some bullshit. Like, But let me ask you this. People that don't like heels now, there are a few heels that people legitimately don't like. Daniel Bryan, some people, right? Like, he acts like a heel and people don't like it. The new Daniel Bryan? The new Daniel Bryan. That's because he's good at wrestling. Right. (laughs) Now, whether or not you like a face or dislike a face or like a heel or boo a heel. I don't think WWE cares as much as people think anymore. Yeah. I really don't. They they just want people to watch. You know what it is starting to happen in my brain like that I'm noticing, especially with the women right now, Becky and Charlotte, Uh right? Yep. I've been watching the pay-per-views, but I don't, you know, I kind of just watch on the periphery. Like I just read like stuff that goes on. Yeah. I don't even, like, understand what the fuck Charlotte is right now. Is she a face? Is she a heel? Yeah. This is kind of what I wanted when they started doing this, like, when CM Punk came along, basically, right? Where he's like, no, he's just, like, a real character, and he only goes one way. That's what Russo did. And it's his way. That's what Russo did with a lot of people. And fans will choose whether to root for him. The only problem that usually presented in the black and white world of the WWF back in the day is that there was always this category of heel versus face, Correct. right? So, like, the Austin character had to fall in into uh, one, in of one, them. one of those groups. Yeah. But now I'm starting to really see, like, after many years, I guess it took, it seems like now Charlotte can be a heel, but she's kind of a face. Right. But she's also a heel. But it doesn't matter because it's just about competition with the Correct. wrestler. So she can fight anybody. Right. right. Same thing with Becky. And it's weird that they're doing this first with the women, maybe because the roster pool is smaller. So there's not as much of a feeling of like they have to be chained to the heel or face group. Vince Russo, one of his tenants was 
characters act the way their character acts, and the fans decide how they're going to react to them. Right. Now, that's not entirely how you want to build a wrestling promotion, because you still, at the core, need to have good versus evil. In every match, right? You have to. I, I think you do. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, I'm not a wrestler. I, I mean, the grand experiment would really be to just let them... Let it rip, basically. Yeah, you let know it what rip I mean? and like, see what just, happens. Yeah. But why do you think people are so obsessed with how people react to faces and heels? Why do other people care what the crowd is doing? I think that's something that will go away over time, to be honest with you. Do because you? I, think, I think it's a new concept that's actually, even though they've toyed around with the idea for yeah. years, I think they're actually finally starting to toy around with the idea that a heel can face a heel as long as their motivations are different. Well, that's like fair. If, if they want something that the other wants, or they both want the same thing, or yeah, something, right? Okay, you know what I mean. Like, so, like, that's that's all I'm saying. It's like, so maybe it's just a new thing, yeah. that people are getting. And don't get me wrong, there's still like there's still heels around that actually get booed. I mean, anytime Triple H comes back, you don't want him to win, do you? No. You know why? Because he's a good heel. Yeah. Plain and simple. One what? thing I I saw, I watched an episode of Raw, but I didn't watch all of it. I just watched some of it. What's the guitar man? The drifter, right? Eli- yeah. Elias Sampson. Mm-hmm. He came out and they all of a sudden they were acknowledging that he's a face. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Like, well, no, I just didn't get it because he he was like the best heel they had. Like he was actually booed. He was very good. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I and I was not understanding where they were even going with that. It almost seemed like he just generically switched to the face group, but right. he was still annoying guy that played the guitar. Yeah, right. Like right. It, it more seemed like a alliance difference rather like who what characters who are his he, friends basically who are his friends now <laughs> change friends rather than like well he's still annoying as hell <laughs> right right like, he like, just likes different people now yeah, it's he's, like now i'm friends with john cena's friends he like, hangs out of john cena's house now. right exactly it was just it was just really weird to me and i was like that's strange but can i explain to you what i think is wrong with this statement before we move on to the final yeah, segment sure. here of this this is what one of the sentiments that's always bugged me i wish they would turn ex-wrestler heel so that I would like him. If crowds love booing a good guy, they will get so much fun out of booing him as a bad guy. Do you see what's backwards about that? Well, because it goes against what we were just saying about how, I guess me and you maybe believe this, but we think that the characters should, their motivation should (laughs) be what their motivations are. And it, it shouldn't be like, because that's why Austin, for example, was such a great character, right? It was yes. Like, all he, he gave didn't like anyone. Sh- he didn't like anyone, and all he gave a shit about was being the world champion. Yes. Like, to, and, and to proving he was the best in yes. the world. Now, let me ask you this. Back in the day, I'm not talking 2000s anymore. We're talking like when we were young in our formative years of wrestling. Yeah. Who were some people that you couldn't just could not stand? Triple as H. Heels? Triple H, okay. I, uh, so I couldn't stand his ass. Now, was he a heel? Yes. Perfect. I couldn't stand him either. In yeah. 2000, I could not fucking stand him. I could not stand Bob Backlund in 94. I yeah. was so pissed off. You I've know, said this before you when know he beat I, Brett. You know who, very unsung, but a guy I, I really didn't like back in the day. I love him now. But right. Big Boss Man when he came back to WWF. Oh, and, and yeah. He, he was so annoying. Yep. Like, he was just like, every time it's like nightstick come, <laughs> come out of nowhere. Like, you'd be like, this guy's nothing to do with this. And yeah. it's like, well... Vince McMahon has to do with everything, so right. Big Boss Man's always doing his bidding. It's like this fucking asshole, like, <laughs> like go away, Big right. Boss Man. See, but that was in the context of the story, right? It yeah. wasn't like behind the scenes. It wasn't like, oh, he's on TV too no, much. He was Vince McMahon's like <laughs> crony. Main, yeah. cr- main, he was actually his main like hand. Yep, generally. Yes, he was another one that I couldn't stand in in two thousand, but also like in the last five years, was Stephanie, a great Stephanie heel. Stephanie was horrible. Yep. Yeah, I said get out. They don't want me to get out. But they don't want me to I go. I said, get out of my 
I ain't calm the fuck down. There's a lot. And the point I'm trying to say here is, do you think that despite everyone in their 20s, 30s and above on the Internet, smartened up to the product, been watching a long time, knows a lot of the nuances, despite a lot of the jadedness and cynicism, don't you think that out there somewhere there is still that nine year old that reacts exactly how you and I used to react 20 years ago? Oh, yeah. According to the party line. Oh, yeah. Like that that falls apart. I think anybody lower than like the age of like understanding what's going on Twitter with yeah. it, like essentially is like to use a game term in games when they um, maybe if you don't understand this in games, right? Yeah. Games. When, when a strategy is like de- Scrabble, when a strategy is developed. Triple word score. Met, it's called the meta, right? Yeah, the meta. Like I know what a meta is. Like the fans are making the meta basically yeah. on Twitter. They're deciding, but like there's kids that don't. They're not part of that crap. Correct. So it's like they just are like, well, that's a heel, that's a face. I'm rooting for him. So of course, yeah. there's kids that do, do that. Right. I would think so too, because a lot of what you hear is you know Vince is out of touch. Vince is out of touch, and I'm not saying that he isn't in a creative aspect. He yeah. might have a lot of bad ideas. Paul, you okay? Paul, you all right? You all right? Okay. Don't move. But the dude still runs a successful business despite any declining ratings right now. Well, time will have to tell that story. I think it's just all the the, the cycle of the year. I, I, that's really every we get this way every December, man. It is like, always bad in December. All, all of a sudden, people are just like wrestling is horrible. Uh, yeah, I know. Never be good again. It's like, and then the Royal Rumble happens. Yeah, we've said these things in yeah. December's before. It's, it's like I'm not even falling for this shit anymore. <laughs> like it's like it's a fucking company that people work at. It's December. Everyone is like lazy in December. <laughs> That's true, actually. Like, I mean, my company has a shutdown from the 21st until yeah, New Year's. So, you know? like, don't get on their case, <laughs> right. man. It's like, it's fucking December. Just leave them alone. That's, like, that's true. You know, and again, folks, believe me, I, I don't watch a lot of the current product because I don't find it that appealing, but I, I am also not really in the mood to watch current wrestling. Right. Nothing is striking me as good. Uh, right now, but that doesn't mean there aren't people that like it. They might just not have access to the internet. They might be a little too young for that, yeah. or they might keep their mouths shut. And yeah. there are plenty of people that advocate for the current product. There's even people that are just like advocate for, I just want to follow the story. Like, who is the good guy according right. to the story? Who is the bad guy right. according to the story? And I'll tell you what, in my experience the last couple of years, when I've really started to try to strip away a lot of that cynicism about things, the most fun I've had watching wrestling whether it is wwe or whether it's been lucha underground yeah i mean sexy star mariposa a few years yeah. ago we got into that that was really good fuck you wrestlemania this past wrestlemania for example the most fun i had at any match that we watched in this past wrestlemania was Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle versus Triple H and Steph. You know why? Yeah, you really like that match. Because everyone just played their characters. And it was we, fun. We were cheering for the faces. Yeah. It was well done. I think that's when it's at its best, when it, it, it strips all that internet stuff. Now, I again, I still say that's not to say that there isn't times where they book right, they, where they use yeah. what's going on. Like, I keep going back to WrestleMania 30, but all of that was, a lot of that was based off of, like, the fans using the fans the meta yeah uh, you know what i mean Correct. using all of that shit they and, needed to and combining it and twirling it and twisting it till they, they it spit out the right thing at wrestlemania right yeah, yeah i think so and i think as we've done this most of the segments we've done this season we've kind of revealed you know they do they have evolved in a lot of ways right. we talked about promos those are 
generally horrible these days, and I agree with that. We talked about women's wrestling, which is eons better than anyone could have expected 10 years ago. Right, yeah. TV production, we both have our differing opinions on that, like we talked about this week. There's some good, some bad. And believe me, Raw is a chore to watch, I think, for a lot of people. It's too long. It's just too long. I think it's actually not poor as much as it's just too long. Yeah. And it'll never go to two hours. It's not as simple as, well, to make wrestling better, they make it two hours. It's not how it works. There's also, like, sponsors and shit (laughs) that are like, we need it to be three hours so we can sell ads. Sorry. They can't just shorten it to two-thirds of what it is on a whim. That'd be like, hey, pay me the same amount, my job, but only for six hours. Yeah, exactly. You can't just do that out of nowhere, but... That notwithstanding, whatever you think of the current product right now, folks, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It doesn't matter. I'm positioning here that the best way to enjoy it is when you get absorbed into it. And I know that sometimes it's very hard to because of what they're presenting to you. Yes. So when that happens, I say just walk away, turn it off, and and wait until something... (laughs) Good comes I along. usually, you know what I use? I use this the tent poles for me. Like this is a, if anybody's like, oh, I'm tired of it. I just be like, well, I'll just wait till the next big four pay per view and just yeah, start up again. Just see what it's like because they're they're at convenient times of the year. Yep, they're like four times a year. And yep. it's like I can turn them on and be like, oh, this is really interesting. Maybe I'll check out like yeah. or fast forward through Raw. <laughs> yeah, like you the don't next have night to watch and, Raw and just see what the fuck happens with this story. You know? Yep. So I guess what I'm trying to say is whether you like the current product or not, that's fine. But being a fan, I think it's great to leave that fourth dimension behind and just try to get as much into it as you can. Right. That is the most fun that I've had as a fan, and that is uh, what has been on my mind. Any closing words, Michael? Well, you'd asked here, would it ever be good enough again? What do you think? Will it ever be good enough for everyone again? Okay. This might be a controversial opinion, but, you know, it already is pretty good. Let's be honest. Do you think there's enough of something for everybody these days? I think they've sort of struck a balance. Okay. Like, I understand that people, like, they just don't like how it's changed or whatever, and that's fine and all. It's but always at the, at changing. The, at the core of it, there's still, like, there's still a storyline here and there, like, and it's spread out amongst different shows, if you like NXT and yeah. all this. and Smackdown, Smackdown whatever. Smackdown, whatever you like. I, I mean, that's the deal, is they just have so much fucking content. That, and like, talent. That, like, if you're complaining, like, oh, why is NXT so good and the rest stinks? It's like, it's all WWE. They don't give a fuck. Whatever you like to watch, they're like, well, you're watching one of our things. Yeah, if you like, have a network subscription and you don't watch the current product, they don't care. Yeah, or like like you said, if, if, only, if you only watch NXT, it doesn't matter to them. You're no. watching one of their things and they're making money. Yeah, like, and at the end of the day, wrestling is about making money. Right. So I agree with you there to that extent that there's enough good out there. If again, if nothing's ever going to please you, then it doesn't matter what they do. Right. What are your uh, early memories of working for uh, Georgia with Ollie Anderson as Booker? How was Ollie? Oh, horrible. He he's he's the kind of a guy that has a size ten foot but has a size nine shoe. <laughs> Nothing makes him happy. Listen, Honestly, it, it's never going to be the Attitude Era again because but even that had a lot of shit in it. Yeah. Well, th- what I'm saying is, it's like that's always the that's always the thing, right? Like, why can't it be like the Attitude Era again? Because that was like a time and a place <laughs> yeah. where there existed like one mega corporation fighting another wrestling corporation yes. and like 
that was just yeah. It's never going to happen again. And you want to go back to ninety-second intercontinental title matches? Yeah, Do you but, really, bro? And out of necessity, literally, yeah, because to get it's everything like, on there. It, not even just to get everything on there, so that people are interested at all yeah. times, and like something is always happening, and, right? And there's no pacing at all, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, the Attitude Era had a lot of shit. The Golden Era had a lot of shit. Right. Every era has a lot of shit, and I think most eras have something good in them. Folks, we will be back uh, in a little bit with something good because it is finally time to round out, Quinn, the top 10 and bottom 10 of the Royal Rankings. We've been doing it all season long, WWF World Champions. That's going to be coming up here as we close out season 11. So stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. The Pro Boys have a deuce for us. Is there any talk of Gorilla Monsoon becoming WWF president and retiring Jack Tunney? He would be a natural. No, the, the talk is that maybe they'll, get, they'll do something with Jack Tunney becoming a type of a heel president of WWF and uh, possibly even doing something with this justice injury where he has to declare the title vacant or something like that. Again, that could happen on December 3rd based on interference in the Survivor Series match. From Marley Race to Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair to The Rock, Sting to Steve Austin, you're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, here on episode number 110, our season 11 finale. Quinn, before we do the final world rankings of the season, wanted to remind you guys out there, we do have a Patreon. Now, Quinn and I don't do this Monday show for any charge, and it never, ever will cost you anything to listen to this. Only, uh, you know, an hour and 50 of your time, if you yeah, will. Costs time. It costs time. That's, costs time. that's <laughs> it for this show. That's it. But if you do like what we do week in and week out, you want to support us, we do have Patreon, patreon.com slash OVP podcast we have three very easy rewards tiers one two and three dollars so for one dollar what you get every single monday with the release of our regular episode is a raw video feed where you get to see a video version unadulterated unedited quinn and i doing this show bloopers and all yeah bleepers you get to see our shirts and (laughs) we always say that we advertise shirts the the big sell for the one dollar tier is the shirt getting to see what it is that way yep get the one dollar tier on patreon every single monday you get a a raw video dump of every weekly episode now if you want to double down there for two bucks a month you get not only the raw video every monday but every other friday we release mount rushmore and death valley extra that is where quinn and i put four of the best and four of the worst into mount rushmore and death valley as chosen generally by the suggestion list when it's wacky topics it's all wacky and we had a doink one we had slickster proteges recently belts recently uh european titles yeah we did recently yeah, Euro- european european. Champions. european yeah and that's a fun little time it's a separate audio podcast mm-hmm. on a separate feed it's about an hour or so yeah it's, a, it's an extra hour if you get to the end of your week and you're like, man, I really want more OVP. Well, every two weeks specifically, there's an extra audio podcast, yep. Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. So You can start your weekend right on Fridays and yep. listen to uh, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley Extra. That's it, can, a- it can keep you company till Monday. Yeah, there you go. That's on the $2 tier. And then for $3, you've maxed it out. You've got your raw video on Mondays. All right, great. You know, get to see the shirts. Every other Friday, all right, Mount Rushmore a doink or whatever, right? Yeah. And on the other Fridays, you get to see Quinn and I watch 1982 WWF. We're going through the year of 1982, just about out of August now, finally. It's taken two years to get there. It has. It's not as interesting as it was (laughs) like two or three weeks ago, but... 
you know, it's a thing. We're starting to understand Buddy, Buddy Rose, Rose yep. better. Every rose has his thorn. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, he's a real thorn right now. <laughs> yes, but. he is. And Bob Backlund's side. Yeah. And uh, you get to watch us as we progress through 82. One day we'll get to 83. And that's on the $3 tier. It's a video review. You get to see us watch it along with you. That's it. That's our Patreon. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. That's if you want to donate. But if you don't, we're just thankful that you even listen to the show. Tell your friends. All right. Quinn, Royal yes. Rankings. It's time. This it's is, time. This is it for this, isn't it? It is. Yeah? Good. If you are just joining us, if this happens to be your first episode, which it might be, I don't know who you are and, and where you're from and who's your daddy and what does he do. Oh, come on! But what Quinn and I have done all season long is we have taken two WWF champions each week out of a pool of 20. We received 45, 50 submissions of everyone's top 20 champions. And the top 20 got put into the pool. Every week, we've pulled two names and put them into here. We've ranked them. And here's where we are right now at number one, Hulk Hogan. He's currently the greatest WWF champion of all time. Number two, John Cena. Was the greatest for a while. Long time. Since last week, I think. Yep. Number three, Steve Austin. Big Stevie, number three. He was number two. A lot of people have moved down in the last few weeks. Because of the hoaxer, mainly. Yeah. Number four, he is in good condition, Bruno San Martino. Maybe controversial. I think that's a great rank for him, to yeah, be honest with yeah, you. some flack over that yeah, one. whatever. Number five, Randy Savage. Randy Macho Man Savage. Probably, like, the number one in the people below, like... Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I feel like those are like the four legendary figures of the belt. And then he's the top of like the next category. Right. right? Yeah. Which at number six is Bret Hart. Yeah. Very controversially. A little, a little too high there. Number seven, The Rock. Yeah, flip that around. I always say that. Number eight, uh, CM Dump. I, I can't believe that he he's, like that's this, really high. this late in the game. Yeah. Like, that's crazy to me. Speaking of the game, he's number nine, Triple H. Yeah. And number 10, superstar Billy Graham. Very respectable ranking. <laughs> very, honestly. Actually, really respectable. <laughs> yeah. Like, again, we're very late in the game here. Yes, we are. Yeah. Now, the bottom, we'll start with number 11, Brock Lesnar. Then Brocky. We got, Brocky. Then we got Nick Flair at number 12. <laughs> Actually, that he came way higher than I thought he would. Yeah. To be honest. I think a little too high. Uh, number 13, the bald one, Shawn Michaels. Yes, the baldy. <laughs> Mr. Baldy. Number 14, Bob Backlund, way too low. Way too low. He, I, I argue. <laughs> Other people do too, I'd Quinn. I argue otherwise. Uh, number 15, Hedge. Yeah, the Hedge one. Hedge fund. Hedge fund, yes. Number 16, Mankind. Mr. Mankind. Yep. Number seven, Randy Orn. Young Randall. Always, I, <laughs> hey, just being on this list yes. for Randy Orton is, is <laughs> He got voted. Stuff. Yeah. He made it to the pool. And number 18, he, someone has to be last right now, and it is Eddie Guerrero. I don't even know why. You don't know he, how he made it, right? Yeah, how he even to made it. To be fair. <laughs> so that's the current rankings. We're going to finish it off this week. So let's go to the Royal Rankings. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal Rankings. I've never been pinned for a three count, man. I'm better than you are, yeah. Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. I have Prince on God's green earth. You know, I can't tell you how proud I am to be once again World Wrestling Federation champion. And I'm the best wrestler in the world, and can't nobody tell me different. I'll win the championship match again. I think Axe is going to win because I think he's the only one that beat Andre the Giant. Yoko! Sooner! 
It's the Royal Rankings Week 10. We have arrived, Michael Quinn. So does this mean the Axe has to be in this one, right? Yeah, Axe has to win it all, right? <laughs> yeah, He's the only one that can beat Andre the Giant. Right, of course. <laughs> so, folks, the uh, participants have been named and are present, as Robin Leach would say. And we are here to draw the final two guys into the pool and see where the chips may fall. Quinn, I think without further ado here, I don't think we need to waste any time. There need be no more preamble, Michael. Yep. Why don't we find out who drew number 19? <laughs> Booger Red, Quinn. Yes, dead man walking. <laughs> Keep right. rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> yeah, keep dong, rolling. dong, dong. Die, well, die, you know, die. We really should take uh, 15 minutes for this to start because <laughs> the Undertaker has to get down yeah, to he the has ring. To make his entrance. Here, I'll just hit the fast forward button. <laughs> so the Underwear Taker, Quinn. Yeah. He got a lot of votes. I, I don't even understand this one. Now, I, yeah, I mean, okay. Let's go through this real quick. The Undertaker. The Underwear Taker. We've talked about him so many times, so we can do the the Cliff Notes version here. Okay. Uh, he debuted, obviously, as we all know, Survivor Series 90. Yep. He was a heel. He was a heel. Um, he was not expected to be in that. He was a mystery partner. Yeah, you and thought he, it would have been Ric Flair and an egg or something. Yeah, Ric Flair and an egg, something <laughs> like that. But instead, The Undertaker made quick work of a bunch of people, and then yep. he got, like, mad or something yeah, and, like, he ran left. after <laughs> somebody. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, exactly right. And then throughout 91, he was a dominant mid-carter. I think right. that's the best I mean, way to put it. I don't think he lost ever. Uh, like a that, couple like, of house shows. But nothing anybody saw, right? No, nothing like, televised. Well, no, I think one of the Hogan... Nevertheless, he was portrayed as undefeated, even though right. he wasn't really. Yeah. Typical WWE style, right? right? So we get to Survivor Series 91, and it's the first time that at a Survivor Series, there's a singles match. A match. Yeah, and for the, the world title. Yeah, and that world title match was against the Hawkster brother. Yeah, the Underfaker versus the uh, the Hulkamania. Yeah, Hulkamania Hulk- lives. <laughs> yes, you know, whatever Regis calls him. <laughs> I've had a Hulk. Hulkamania lives, you know, the Hulk himself. Hulk Hogan, much to the chagrin of Roddy Hogan at ringside. Yeah, Roddy Hogan, <laughs> first of all, in his dumpy, like, short shorts, <laughs> being so obnoxious He's this whole terrible. match. I, I only know because I recently watched yes. it. And it Oh, God. Roddy Hogan is horrible during that. If you don't know who that is, folks, he's the guy that you can find at Survivor Series 91. I think he's actually at WrestleMania 7 also. He's also also. like WCW shit, too. He's at WCW stuff, and he's at King of the Ring 93. He's the guy that tries to look like Hulk Hogan. He's Mr. Hulk Hogan fake edition. Yeah, and he calls himself Roddy Hogan. And you can find him on Twitter. Why don't you go ahead and do that right now after you listen to us? But But you want to yell down in front at your TV screen. He's so annoying. (laughs) He is. But Undertaker beats Hogan with the help of Ric Flair and kicks off his first six-day-long world title run. Now, this is because like Jack Tunney was like, never fucking again will people interfere in stuff or something. I will be at ringside to ensure a fair and just f- outcome. So, of course, Ric Flair interferes in Tuesday in Texas, but it backfires. Hogan does... But somehow the, that's okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, Tony got knocked out or something. Yeah. Good. Whatever. It's about damn time with him. <laughs> Hogan wins uh, the title back from the underwear taker at Tuesday in Texas, and we have the Royal Rumble where it's vacant, and that's that for right. the Undertaker. They, they decide, like, well, if Undertaker cheated to win it, Hulk Hogan shouldn't be able to cheat to yeah. win either, so... Fuck it, they both don't get the title. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Ric Flair wins it, uh, as we all know, Rumble 92. So Undertaker, between Tuesday in Texas and March of 1997, okay, this is almost a six-year span now, 
He wanted the title the whole time. Right. Like, he's been denied, is my right. my point with The Undertaker, because, right? Because what happens is he doesn't win the Rumble because right. of reasons. And then he... I gets involved with people, yeah. He, he helps Savage out because Jake Roberts is being a douchebag. Right. So he gets sidetracked by Jake Roberts, beats Roberts at WrestleMania 8, and then fucking Kamala wants to feud with him. Right, so and you're de- like, yeah. Kamala, what the fuck business does he right. have with the, the former champion, right. right? So then Kamala fights him in SummerSlam 92. It's a crappy DQ ending or whatever. Undertaker then has to fight him again at Survivor right. Series. This is another thing is people keep delaying him yes. because they're like, oh, I can't lose the right way. Yeah. Like Undertaker, <laughs> then, and always Undertaker just like demolishes these right. people. Like he doesn't even like, he's like barely trying. Like right. he's just like, Where's my title shot? Right. Like, I, I never got the title shot. So he puts Kamala in a coffin. Right. And then he enters the 93 Rumble because, of course, he wants to win that and fight the champion at WrestleMania 9. Right. Of course, because he never got his rematch. He never got his rematch. But, of course, at the Rumble 93, Giant Gonzalez, unannounced, not in the match, debuts, eliminates The Undertaker illegally. Looks like he's 20, 30 feet tall. Who is he? I don't know. Is that Harvey Whippleman with him? That is Whippleman! Now Undertaker's going to fight Giant Gonzalez and Mr. Hughes all through the spring and summer of 93. Only because he used the chloroform, and that made, like, the Undertaker was, like, easily beating the shit out of Giant Gonzalez, and he was just like, okay, like, let me finish this off, and then, like, chloroform, and he's like, ah, fuck, now I have to have a feud with you. (laughs) Yes. And then, in the meantime, Mr. Hughes interferes in this whole feud and steals the urn. Paul Bearer disappears. Finally, at SummerSlam, we have a rest in peace match. Undertaker wins. All is well and good, but then Lex Luger needs help because Tatanka got knocked out by Ludwig Borga. Luckily, the Undertaker had his American coat. Right, of course, his Revolutionary War coat. Yeah. So he finally, nobly, fills in for Tatanka at Survivor Series, but he gets in Yoko's face and he wants that damn title. He's so, like, it's mine. Right. I'm like, I've I never want this got shit. the freaking title shot. What the hell? So they fight at Rumble 94 and Undertaker is going to win, obviously, because of course he's going to beat Yokozuna. Right. I mean, that's like nobody compared to Hulk Hogan. Right. Of course. Yeah. Yoko. No problem, right? Hulk no. Hogan beat Yoko. Hulk Hogan beat Yoko. So no, but Jeff Jarrett and the Head Shrinkers and Bam Bam Bigelow and Crush have something to you say about every that. every heel on the roster. Diesel, Adam Bomb, they all interfere. <laughs> Undertaker loses the casket match. Die. The dude dies. He fucking dies in the process of like trying to complete like his quest. Right. And then. And not even because he like one guy was better than him. No. no, The whole roster. The whole roster had to interfere. He dies. Okay. Yeah. Now while he's dead. Ted DiBiase is like, I have the Undertaker. Ha ha. Meanwhile, Leslie Nielsen and crew are looking for him. Right. And Paul Bearer's like, no, he's still alive. He's here. So Ted DiBiase debuts his Undertaker, which is really primetime Brian Lee with a very bad, you know, hair thing going on there. Yeah, probably from India. Remember, like, like, that (laughs) movie or whatever. So Undertaker has to come back now in dispatch of this imposter, but in so doing, he pisses off Ted DiBiase. Right, and now he's got the whole million-dollar corporation of annoyance on his ass. But first, he also has to get rid of Yoko because Yoko killed him or helped kill him at Survivor Series, so Chuck Norris helps him do that (laughs) and fight off the corporation. Meanwhile, the corporation challenges Undertaker to a match, so IRS fights Undertaker at Rumble 95, kicks IRS's ass. King Kong Bundy wants a piece of this. Why? What is his Why? business? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Undertaker gets rid of him, enters the King of the Ring 95, but Mabel has something to say about that, and Kama melts down the frickin' urn into a chain, so Undertaker's got to fight Kama now at SummerSlam. Right. This whole time, all Undertaker wants to do is get his title back, but Mabel breaks his face, he wears a stupid mask, yep. and he finally does get his title match against Bret Hart at Rumble 96. But what happens, Quinn, is Diesel interferes. <sighs> 
Because <laughs> Diesel's mad. Ends. Yeah, because Diesel's mad from the Survivor From series. losing the title, right? Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck, man? Right. Like, so Undertaker fights Diesel at WrestleMania. Kicks beats his him, ass. Like, gets him out of here. He fucking leaves the company. <laughs> right. He kicks his ass so bad. But then a new guy, a guy with a mutilated ear and a rat, a piano playing fellow, a disturbed individual from a boiler, he decides to pick a fight with yeah, Undertaker. Mrs. Foley's baby boy. Mankind. All throughout 96 now, Undertaker's got to deal with Mankind. Yeah, he's like, and Mankind's like, extra annoying like yes. he's actually like winning he matches. beats him a few yeah. times yeah in the midst of this paul bearer turns on undertaker which really hurts him yeah so he debuts his dracula costume at survivor right. series he's, now he's like really pissed yeah he's like, pissed yeah, yeah. like he's like no more bullshit right i'm pulling out the like dark king of, <laughs> yeah. of existence right. i don't even know what he is now he's like a wizard now he's a wizard so he kicks mankind's ass at survivor series kicks the executioner's ass at december 96 yeah that was just like well it's december right like Enters the enters the ninety seven Royal Rumble is illegally eliminated by Steve Austin. <laughs> Not even he can't even be eliminated right. So they have the final four. He doesn't win that because Bret Hart wins that. But Undertaker wants that damn belt. Finally, finally, Undertaker gets his shot. All these years later, with no like interference <sighs> or anything, this match is like fair and square. Yep, he beats Sid like, at no WrestleMania one, thirteen. No one interferes. It's like finally the time, right? And of course, the creatures Quinn. of the night have their belt back. <laughs> All is right in the world. And of course, he was wearing what at WrestleMania thirteen? The same garb he beat the Hulkster. In. <laughs> right. So I mean, like. It's it was like, serendipity. Like it came full circle, right? Everything yes. is great now. After all these years, the Undertaker is the world champion again in '97, and I got to tell you, not that good. Yeah, it's stuck. <laughs> After all that, we waited all this time, right? We're like, yes, finally, like the Undertaker finally dispatched all these morons. He gets the belt, and he he's almost like, okay, now, like now what? Like, yeah, right. He wasn't a very good champion that first run. It wasn't horrible, but it was just weird to have like the Undertaker. As world champion, cutting like promos as champion. Yeah. I am the World Wrestling Federation champion. I am the defender of the belt. The belt that belongs to the creatures of the night. Leather like hat, baby face. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that weird outfit. <laughs> yeah. He fought uh, Austin in a pretty good match at one of the May of 97. He fought uh, Farouk at King of the Ring. Mankind again. April too. 97. Yeah. yeah, Revenge of the Taker. Right. Uh, and then he lost it to Bret Hart at SummerSlam, kind of unceremoniously. Five. Five. And that was it for the first run. Yeah. Now, Undertaker has another run, but it's not until 99. But he did want the title. Remember, he feuded right. with Austin. So. Here's the thing now. Now we're back to Undertaker wants his belt. Like, yeah. Because even in the like Bret Hart match, remember, he didn't even lose that shit fair. He didn't. Sean like, accidentally Sean, hit him with Sean a chair. Sean hit him with the chair. So now Undertaker's like, ah, oh, fuck this again. Yep. Like, but, basically. And he does get a match against Sean for the title at Rumble 98, but Kane interferes. Right. He can't just win the title without some bullshit happening. So he fights Austin at SummerSlam 98. Love that main event, by the way. And Austin wins cleanly. Finally, like, all right. Okay. Austin's a better man. Yeah. Undertaker's like been beaten for good. But he's bitter. And he gets in cahoots with Kane. Right. This is where we head into like horribleness. Weird territory. Like now the Undertaker's off his like, I got to be get my belt. Now he's like, he wants his belt back. But now he's like, he wants to be Satan also. Yeah, and he's not like he doesn't really have a claim to it now no, because he, he wasn't like this. he wasn't like fucked over this time. No, he wasn't. But he does win it at of all fucking pay per views over the edge ninety nine. Obviously, 
most infamous or notable for Owen Hart, right. you know, that incident. So many people might forget that the main event of that, <laughs> to really put a damper, yeah. <laughs> an extra stamp of shit on the evening, was The Undertaker going out there and winning the world title from Steve Austin. Well, I mean, he's for got a month. back. Yeah, yeah for now, a month. Now, this is all tied into all that bullshit with, with Steve Austin, right? Like, this is where it gets confusing. This is where it gets all muddled because, like, Vince, I think, turned on... I haven't seen Over the Edge 99 almost ever for um, well, for various for, for reasons. For reasons that, yeah. it, you know, like, a person dies at yeah, it, so I don't really want to watch it. That's so, the main reason. No. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, because Russo was so, like, ADD during this period of time, I think this is where... Vince turned on Austin because remember they had like a very brief alliance for like a month where Vince had kind of turned face. Right, right. I think this is where Vince rehealed, or maybe that was a little later, and then he was the higher power. I can't remember, but anyway, Austin wins it back after a month. Undertaker wins it again. We mentioned this last week from Hulk Hogan in May of two thousand two. Jeez, that's like a long time. Yeah, three years later, not very good. Again, two month reign, he loses it to The Rock. In July for The Rock's last run. And that was it. I mean, The Undertaker only had those reigns. He had the six-day reign in 91. Yeah, nor did he need it anymore. No, he never really did, right? He had the longest reign that he had was in 97, which was like five months. Yep. He had a very brief one-month reign in 99 and a two-month reign in 2002. He never held it very long. So why the hell did he make this list? I don't know. And why did he get voted so Maybe because people like The Quest. Of the Undertaker getting his belt back. I feel like we're the only people that ever put that whole story together, though. You heard it here first. That we, like, figured it out. <laughs> yes. But that it's all about the title, basically. Even though it seemed like it wasn't, it actually right. was, right? That's the Undertaker as champion. I mean, ah, we'll have to see where he falls come ranking time. But those are his reigns. I mean, they none of them are impressive. The 97 one is the best one. The best win, though, Quinn, is obviously against Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Because that's fun yeah, well, that he beat Hulk Hogan. Well, that's also like, that like pretty much establishes him as like, oh, this guy's no, he's like a big, he can beat Hulk Hogan. He, like, this is not just your generic monster mid-carter right, it's now. It's like, no, he can beat the Hulkster. Yeah. Like, if you can beat him, yeah, then, then you can beat anyone. You're pretty much good. Right. So that's the underwear taker. I think it's time to find out, though, who drew number 20. Quinn, this is it. This is the last entrant, folks. Oh, my God. This is After it. After all of this. Who could it be? There are so many names still that I could think of that it could be that I mean, we haven't talked about yet. It's got to be a big name, it's right? It's got to be a really big name. It's got to be one of the best wrestlers of all time. So hit, hit his music. All right. Let's find out who drew number 20. Well, it's true. It's it's damn true when it's Kurt uh, Angle. Yeah. Uh, okay. He was uh, as voted by the fans. He was voted I'm in pretty gonna, high. I'm not taking credit for this one. No. So Curtis Angle is a Curtis Kurtwood Kurtai Kurtai. Kurt- I, I like to say Kurtai. Kurt- Curtis one. Curtis one <laughs> Angle. So Kurt Angle. He's also a werewolf. He was a PS one. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he has a funny story into wrestling because obviously he won the 96 olympics uh, with a broken freaking neck yeah as he always the, says it was true iranian. That, that was true also <laughs> it actually was yeah against like the big heel iranian guy yeah, he beat the iron sheik <laughs> i mean he's like hulk hogan basically. basically uh and then he got mad at the mass transit incident was it or did he get mad well, at the raven so crucifying incident he was sitting like a big dork over at ecw <laughs> remember, remember what he looked like at that yeah big and dork he's like He's like, maybe I'll go to this ECW. It seems like pretty like awesome, right? Like, right. I, I I agree with him. It yeah. was pretty awesome in '96. Yeah. And then they like I, they crucified did, like, the salmon. They crucified him, and he was like, "Give me my money back, or 
Some, I don't don't know show what, my face on this ever. My, yeah, it was like some shit. That's why nobody ever saw it. Yeah. Like, we only found out about it later. later. Yeah. So he trains to become a pro wrestler, debuts in 99. <laughs> yeah. Uh, against Meat at yeah, what? one paper at Survivor Series 99 or something that. Was like that was his debut? Yeah. Oh, my God. And uh, his, his pay-per-view or televised debut. And then he makes a pretty big splash in 2000 as a mid-carder, you know, Euro-Continental champion. That was, to, to me, what, like, established him, right? It's like he yeah. wins, like, all these belts. And he was, like, a hokey throwback to Hulk Hogan, meaning he was supposed to be a hero, but in a heel way. He's kind of like Bob Backlund. Kinda, like, yeah, yeah, you know what? More like a Backlund. But like, better. Yeah. <laughs> Not number 11 or whatever hey, Backlund is. Um, 11 right now. And then he won the world title kind of suddenly and out of nowhere from The Rock at No Mercy 2000, which was just strange. No one really expected this. I didn't. I was very surprised. However, I kind of like understood it because he really was kind of hot, like as far as like how like yeah. popular he was and stuff. And he had been rising since getting involved with the Triple H love triangle thing in right. the summer. That actually did elevate him. And he a lot. did a good job. It proved like, oh, he's a real character. It's not just this like he's not like basically Steve Blackman or something. Right, right, right. right. Like, Competent but not impressive. Right. He's more like no. This guy can. He's got. He's a decent actor for wrestling. Five tool player. I'd yeah, say like, he developed he, into. And all when they the minute they realized that they it was like to the moon. Right? Yes. Like, yeah. Kurt Angle really started to become good in late two thousand. Now his first title run was rather unremarkable. Yeah. And when The Rock won it back at No Way Out February two thousand one, it was kind of like all right, all is right in the world. Like The Rock's yeah. got it back. He's gonna fight Austin. I thought that was just gonna be it for him. Like, I was like, for Angle. oh, was this just, like, a one-time, like, right. fun thing or right. whatever? Like, But Angle does get it back again at Unforgiven, September of 2001. This is when he was a face and Austin was a heel. He has it for a few weeks, loses it to Austin on Raw in October. And then Kurt Angle, I believe, became a big SmackDown guy for a while, right? Yeah, Mr. SmackDown over there. He was, <laughs> he was very smacky and very down. Now, Brock Lesnar, we had mentioned, won it at SummerSlam 02 from The Rock. Right. Big Show interrupted that reign in, at Survivor Series. Yep. And Angle won it from Big Show. So when Angle fought Lesnar at WrestleMania 19, this was that was kind, kind of, of a big good. deal. Yeah, that's actually like probably one of Brock's and one of Angle's, Angle's best matches. Um, well, awesome they got match. To, they also got the main event. Too. They ma- they closed the show. Yeah. And Brock Lesnar defeated Kurt Angle, who had had the title since December of 02 at WrestleMania 19. Angle won it back at Vengeance in July of 2003. Yep. And that was it for, I think, that was the last for run the, he had. Yeah, because then yeah. he, like, left. He, he left had, in 06, well, but he, he also, was on ECW. I think he had, he had the big gold a couple times after, yes. and the ECW title, mm-hmm. if I recall. So he only had a handful of runs. In 0203, especially 03, that might have been Kurt Angle's high. Like, 03 to 05 That's is, probably like, his, like, best run. Peak right? Kurt Angle, yeah. Right. But as a champion... I don't know if he didn't preside over anything that that was that was that amazing. That's the problem, yeah. right? Yeah, that's he's his so good. Problem. Yeah, he's so fucking good during that period of time. Yeah. But without the belt, though, like oh four, Kurt Angle was really good. He's 05. a guy. He's a guy that he only needed that one run when he beat The Rock or whatever at the beginning to establish him. That's it. Like that's and all they. That's all you need to yeah. know. He was the champion. And that was more of the dorky with hair, Kurt Angle, because yeah. really the post two thousand two. 
the more serious ball, like ass kicking machine. I love that. Gritty. Yeah. I love that Kurt Angle too. And that's the one you got in 2003 when right. he was champion. He was such a damn good wrestler, but unfortunately a lot of that, he wasn't the world champion. Right. <laughs> that's the you know problem. He, you know who, what I think he's going to fall near? Yep. You know, when we get to ranking time, we're he's almost like there. Shawn Michaels. He only kind needed of. to be the champion once to say, well, this guy's a world champion athlete, right? Like, right, he's right. one of the top wrestlers, yeah. right? He was the world champion. He can never take it away from him. Right. Like, that's all Kurt Angle ever needed. I guess you're right. I mean, he got over more because of how good he was, not because he was champion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was basically like the way they would hype him. It was like it was just understood that he was the best wrestler because he won the fucking Olympics and was the <laughs> WWF champion at some point. Yeah. Like, it was just like. Yeah, that's as, all you need to know. Like, As he, a professional wrestler, he yeah. had all the tools, like we right. were saying. He was yeah. a great promo, great in the ring, charismatic, could yeah. play heel or face. Right. I think it's ranking time. Folks, get ready, because we're finally rounding out this list that we know you all agree with. Yeah, <laughs> it's the most agreed-upon list yep. in all of wrestling. And it's obviously, this is now canon, right? Because our opinions matter yeah, so I would, much. I would say so. <laughs> um, Where do you want to start the underwear taker, Quinn? Wait, you hear the crowd? What's that? What is this? Yoko Zuna! Wait a second, what the hell? Our 21st entrant, Quinn. Can you explain why this is happening? At the bottom of the list was a tie between two people. We'll, We'll say this all at the end. And somewhere along the line, there's someone had to be a, uh, a mystery entrant. And due to a uh, <laughs> administrative error, yeah. this guy, Yokozuna, should have been talked about earlier, right. but wasn't. So he is he made it above other people, so we have to talk about Technically. him. Technically. Yokozuna is officially in this. He's allowed to be ranked. Yeah, he's running in right now. He's waddling in he's right waddling now. waddling in. Mr. Uh, Fuji's with him. My Yokozuna. Now, this wasn't intentional. This yeah. actually, like, he should have been mentioned earlier. Right. But we decided once we realized it that we were going to leave him for the end here. So, Yokozuna, Quinn. Yes, the Yoko one. I can't wait to talk about him. <sighs> I love Yokozuna. I don't. <sighs> I don't know what your problem is. He's great. He stinks. What are you talking about? He's really not that bad. Well, why don't you explain okay, why he's so, like, let's go, let's go into Yoko. Right, let's talk about Yakazuma here. Yeah. So, Rodney Anawaii, right? From yeah. the Anawaii branch of the Samoan family. Yeah, what was he in AWA or whatever? Samoan Fred? Uh, Kokina. <laughs> What's his name? Samoan Fred. Yeah. Kokina Maximus, which uh-huh. is a cool name. He weighs in at 460 pounds. He is Kokina Maximus. He debuted in the WWF in the fall of 1992, the same time that Vince signed the Head Shrinkers. Right. His cousins, whatever they are. And, uh, more and no highs. More and no highs. He debuted with Mr. Fuji as his manager. Very briefly, Fuji still had the bowler outfit. That was weird, <laughs> Was that right? weird? Yeah. <laughs> but he switched that quickly to the kimono. Yeah. And Yoko played a sumo character. <laughs> yeah. I'm just explaining this very basically for all you fans out there, because I can't wait to sink my teeth in this one, baby. He was portrayed as a sumo and wrestled like a sumo for a little bit. You know, a, a big, overpowering, fat guy, About 505 pounds he was billed at. Most notably, uh, Virgil was his yes. first, like, big, like, whatever, like, big, on pay-per-view, big match, I guess. Right. Yeah. Kills Virgil at Survivor Series. That's where Virgil you coins the term. You gotta watch out for th- this Yakazuma. This Yakazuma. Yakazuma. 
Yeah. So anyway, Virgil calls him Yakazuma. Yakazuma enters the 93 Rumble. Right. Wins it because Savage doesn't know how Royal Rumbles work. Right, of course. Pinfalls don't count. Pinfalls don't count! Well, Savage, <laughs> I mean, before it had been established that he yeah, just he doesn't get doesn't it. doesn't get so. it. Yoko has a match with Burt Hart at WrestleMania 9. Yep. And Brett's like, you know, I think I'm going to be Yokozuna. And in right. real life, Brett's like, I know I could have a good match with him. Yeah. Because <laughs> he never had a good match, Yokozuna, he at didn't. that point. And you know what? I still stand by it. That's Yoko's best match. That's not saying the a lot. One? I would say the 10 one's better. But no, that match stinks. What? Why would I care? I it's actually, the same two people. Honestly, I thought the 10 was a better version of the 9. Better That's story? All. Yeah, I liked it better. The story is better, but the match at 9, I think, is better. Brett huh. drags a great match out of Yoko at 9. Well, Nevertheless, yeah. Hulk Hogan ruins the whole thing. Because even though Yoko wins with the salt, yep. assault and battery, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan comes in, as we mentioned, Fuji, yellow belly, ha, and then JR yells as Hogan celebrates fucking annoyingly. Hogan's the champion! And remember Hogan's how Hogan's like so aggravating yeah. about his it, fucking it, it, celebration? It's really annoying. It's so... <laughs> and then... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you only I think part of why you hate it more is because you really like Yoko for some reason. I do. Yeah. And I like Brett. But above all this, I can't stand 93 Hogan. Yeah. Which is why when Yoko wins it back at King of the Ring, well, I, that's it's really, gleeful. It's <laughs> well, it's funny that like the whole Harvey Whippleman with the camera thing. Yeah, it's funny. This camera exploded in Hogan's face. Yokozuna drops a leg on Hogan. Yokozuna drops a leg on two. And then Yoko has basically the summer of George yep. as he destroys everything in his path. But Luger gets him by count out <laughs> like an idiot. It's so great, Joe. That's it, Aaron Neville's fault. I blame Aaron Neville. I hate that pay-per-view. In, I love that pay-per-view. No, well, I've explained So this does Paco that, Melons over listen, there. I've explained many times. Yeah. The pay-per-view is decent. And then that happens. And literally every anything good that happened, it just... You're like, you don't like it. this yeah. pay-per-view. Because it's like, a count-out win, It's like right? so bad. So if Yoko would have won, you're fine with that. If Luger would have won clean. a count-out would have happened. That's your main gripe is yeah, that it, it was a count-out? It's so upsetting to like <laughs> such a great degree yeah. that I that like it ruins the whole show. Right. Oh, okay. So Yoko continues to uh, sushi roll his way through the competition as 93 becomes 1994. The aforementioned Undertakers. Du- yeah. yeah, as a whole WWE is collapsing. <laughs> by the They're way. in the aircraft yeah. hangars yeah. by then and it's getting bad. Really showing you how really great this run it's was. It's not his fault yeah. though. Yeah, sure. It's not. He's and- not a good champion. What do you mean? Ugh, anyway, go ahead. And then Bret Hart well, actually, before Bret Hart, right? Because of the coin toss, because Luger and Bret both right, win the yeah. Royal Rumble. Oh, that shit. All three parties Yokozuna, the current champion, Bret Hart, and Lex Luger, the current contenders, have agreed to this historic format, which will take place at WrestleMania 10. Just one more thing. Yeah. Luger once again is a big loser at WrestleMania 10 because he puts his hands on a WWF official, Mr. Perfect. Well, that was all stemmed from the WrestleMania 9 stuff. Luger which shouldn't I have done lo- that. I love that, by the way. Like, that's yeah. actually one of the cool... Like, WrestleMania 10 is a good show. Because, it is a good show. It's Because fun. it does, like... It ties up it, that loose end. It ties up that weird loose end from WrestleMania 9. They were like, why are they fighting? And then, like, nothing ever came of it. And, and that, Perfect's like, you fucking cheated to beat me at WrestleMania yeah. 9, you asshole. Right. That's <laughs> so why. good. It's yeah. good. And Brett wins the title from Yokozuna. Um, special referee Roddy Piper was there. Burt Reynolds was there. He, he wanted Bashir. to go to FanFest. <laughs> you know what I'd like to do? What? what? I'd like to go to FanFest. Everyone comes in to celebrate. They pick up 
They hoist Brett. They hoist him, yeah. and it's the beginning of a new era, and Yoko was never that close to the title ever again. Gets carried out on a forklift, sadly, at the very end, because <laughs> he's so fucking fat, and that's it. And that's it. So that's Yoko. All right, now it's ranking time, but let's start with the underwear taker. Back to the underpants taker. Okay. I like Yokozuna, by the way, but let's yeah, go to sure. the undertaker. Okay. Where do you think he fits in? Does he even make the top 10 as champion? Undertaker? No. no. Not with, really? He's not better than Billy Graham? I don't think so. Not as champion. Not more important as champion than Billy Graham, no, right? No, he isn't. Not as notable. I would say, actually, it's funny, but he might fall like right above Brock Lesnar. You mean so he'll be number 11 and that right. would shift everyone else down? Yes. Uh, I think Lesnar might be better than him as really? champion. Really? Okay, tell, me, tell me why. Well, because Lesnar's reigns at least were really either lengthy or important and had good matches okay, and stuff I can like see that. that. Yeah. Whereas Undertaker's only real, real run with the title was 97. But and it was to, okay. You have to respect also, like, because this does involve the title, I want to give him a little credit for the chase. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because it is kind of great. Like, yeah. All this stuff up to um, WrestleMania 13, mm-hmm. like, that entire arc yeah. of, like, his chase that keeps getting, like, distracted is actually kind of, like, now that, like, I've realized it, it's, like, slowly become one of my more favorite things because it's really fun to and actually, like, watch. It is. In my early 90s, 70, he's, like, just pissed off and, like, mean yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's just, funny. like, it finally, like, breaks him. Yeah. Like, he's just like, oh, like, just go. Like, everyone get out of my way. Like, <laughs> I think, you know what, though? Never mind. I We, we got to put him lower. We got to put him lower because I can't put him up above Shawn Michaels. Really? Shawn Michaels is a better world champion than Undertaker. Okay, you see... And so is Bob Backlund. I think... He's he's above reason, mankind the, and below Edge or above Edge. Maybe. I think above Edge. He's not even. A, he, we cannot put him above Bob Backlund. No fucking way. Hmm. The Undertaker, the wrestler, is a t- different story. But the Undertaker, the world champion, he's not even above. Ba- he's not above Backlund. I could go with that. Actually, yeah, I'm okay. glad you do because. Yeah. Backlund was like a world champion. The Undertaker was the guy that had the world title a few that times. Everyone kept taking it away from. Him. Yeah, so let's just put the Undertaker at number fifteen. That okay, shift. that was really quick. Yeah, but I think it's fair. I mean, I'm not trying to rush either. I just don't think there's any other pl- I mean, place there, for him. There, yeah, that's the thing. Now that we were like at this point, right? It's kind of just like slot him in, right? Yeah, because last week I feel like was the climax. I mean, how do you really top yeah. Hogan and Bruno discussion, right? Right. Now this is kind of like the cool down where. We finalized the list here, and I think Undertaker is definitely not better than Bob Backlund. Yeah, or I think Shawn Edge Michaels. is clo- very closely behind the Undertaker, to be honest with you, because Edge, like... Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Is, I, I, okay. He had a good rivalry, but again, not long title reign, so he's kind of, like, equal to the Undertaker in that sense. You know what? Before we finalize this, is Undertaker a better world champion than Mankind, even? No, he's definitely better than Mankind. Okay. Like, without question. Just because he had more runs and a little longer and yeah, more time yeah, as champion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then we'll keep him at 15. Yeah. Okay. Is Edge better than Undertaker, though? For real. Like He I, might be, actually. Because he, like, that was a legitimate rivalry for the title he had, whereas The Undertaker was always, like, he fought people because they had the title rather than because he hated the other guy. Right. Like, he was always just chasing after it. Like, Sid was kind of like, he didn't give a fuck about him. He was just no. like, well, you just happen to be the champion. You just right? happen to be the champion, right? Yeah. <sighs> Same with Hogan. He didn't even want the title before that. No, Paul Bearer just kept signing them to matches. Right. Once he beat Hogan. Then the lust came in, right? He was like, well. I'm you got a gonna... little taste, right? Well, it's not even that. It's more just like, you know how like when you, for example, you buy a piece of electronics a couple years before, right? Yeah. You don't expect 
that like the next version of that piece of electronic is going to lose features, right? <laughs> so like with the title belt, like he was like, once he had it, he was like, I don't want to lose features as a, as like not having a gold belt around my waist. So that's like, what set him off, you mean? Right, he was just like, I'm not going to lose things. I should be gaining, like I, if anything, I should have more belts around my waist. <laughs> like, I should have win. the Intercontinental title, <laughs> tag title around my waist. All at the same time with he, the world title. He got a little taste and then he was hooked. And that's right. all he wanted yeah. out of that, right? Uh, let's leave him where he is. Okay. All right. I Fine. think that's okay. Above. It. I mean, this is the bottom 11. At, bottom 11 it doesn't yeah. really matter. It doesn't matter that much. Yeah. All right. And now Curtis Angle. Does he crack the top 10? No. No. But no. Okay. I don't think so. However, um, this is where I thought when we were talking about Angle, it really brought up something. Go to where Shawn Michaels is, right? Yeah. Shawn Michaels is number 13 Shawn Michaels right and Ric Flair. Flair's 12. And maybe Bob Backlund, like with those, I think those three are where Kurt Angle is sort of in contention. I was thinking even maybe right above or below Brock, but again, no. I, he might have to be below Backlund, right below Backlund. Actually, he might be a little bit above, and I'll tell you why. You, because You can. Because I think he had a little bit more character. Um, to just He just did. Like, he, he's just a, he's like an upgraded version of Bob Backlund. <laughs> like, if you think about it. More exciting to watch. Well, more exciting what I've to seen, watch. Yeah. But also, I re, the reason I think he falls into this Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels area is because his title reign, like we said, is establishing. It's an establishing reign of like his first what one. he is. Like, that he is a great wrestler. His first one. Right. His career meant more than his, his being the champion. I agree. But the say Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels are those kind of champions too. Bob Backlund's career in WWF was being the champion. Right. I'm just I'm just yeah, saying. I'm, like, I'm, so am I. Would you say Kurt Angle is a better version of Bob Backlund as a champion? <laughs> I'm not I'm not listen, I don't I, know. I, I think we need to take this seven years thing off the table. Like Yeah, I'm eliminating just, the length of it. Ridiculous. I'm, I'm like, getting rid of that part yeah. of Backlund. But Backlund was like in the mold. I still think he's way too low. Backlund was in the mold of a Bruno and a Hogan and a long-term type of guy. Angle really wasn't. But again, he's, he's still... His 0203 run was really good, too. Let's not forget. Yeah. It was. The one yeah. that he lost to Brock was really good. I mean, that was part of the SmackDown 6, all that shit, right? Uh, yeah, because that L3, SmackDown yeah. had the world title. I mean, they the, had the WWF the, the, title. The yeah. lineal belt. Correct, yes. yeah. I think Angle is better than The Undertaker. I can tell you that much. Yep, he definitely is. But is he better than Backlund? I think that's where it comes down to. Kurt, I, Kurt Angle's really good. Yeah. Is he better than Shawn Michaels? Because um, if you can answer that, then we've answered the Backlund question. Oh, God, that's so, that is so hard because we saw great matches between the two and we know that they're both wonderful. Oh, like, God, yeah. 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 I mean, like, they had some great shit in 05. Yeah, but that was not for the title. But. No. But is he a better champion than Shawn Michaels? It's no, tough, right? No. He's not. Okay. He's not. Because when Shawn was in his long reign, yeah. he was like the man, right? He was like the top yeah. guy in the company where Kurt Angle wasn't. Like so he was, was just a guy fighting for the title and he just so happened to get his hands on it. That answers the Backlund question then because Backlund yeah. is also the man. He's right below Backlund then. Right below, yeah. Yeah, because he's better than Undertaker, I think, as world yeah, champion. Yeah, he's definitely better than... Okay. Right? Fine. I think that's, that's fair. fair. That's fair enough. All right, so... We'll put Kurt Angle now into number 15, and now it's time for Yokozuna, the okay. mystery 21st entrant. Where do you want to start him? And don't give me any wise answers. So I'm going to start him. <laughs> <laughs> you may not want to hear this, but what? let's start him at Mankind. Oh, that's exactly where I was going to start him. Okay. In all seriousness. He's not better than Mankind. I think he is better champion than Mankind. Why? Uh, maybe he's not. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're going to ask me why, I can't answer that. I don't know. <laughs> let me let me think. 
nobody wanted that. Well, ever. he's a heel, though. Right, They're I get not that. supposed to want it. I get it. that. Let's not. Here's the thing. A it's, lot of these guys are face champions. Let's not forget. Okay, but it's one thing that it's like you want that, but you're not supposed to make the guy you don't want be the champion for like a really long time to the point where the company's like sinking. But like, yeah, but Quinn, the sinking started way before Yoko I understand was world that. champion. I just think Yoko was a horrible, the timing on Yoko timing. Was, was poor. Like if he was not the right person at that time to lead the company at all. What would you have done? Would you have kept, if anything, kept I, it on Brett? If it, either Brett if, or if anything, just give Luger the fucking belt at SummerSlam. And like, let him run with it for the see what that see what goes on summer with it. fall yeah, winter yeah, do that like I think that would have been way better and then what do you do for WrestleMania maybe have him lose well, it. you're thinking in the in you're thinking history wise and how Brett should fight you yeah know? but I'm just saying like I think they should have just like forget all of that going forward just I think they should have just been like have Luger win at SummerSlam and just see where history took us like instead of elongating Yoko's reign it was ridiculous by that WrestleMania. it was ridiculous by that point. Is that the longest heel reign besides Randy Savage to this point in time? I think it is, right? Because yes. if you think of all the champions, right, that were heel, maybe you history nerds, Richie out there, Ryan. What about Schmock, Ric Flair? Uh, no, because look, I can probably do this from memory. Actually, Ivan Koloff, very brief. Well, on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Stan Stasiak, very brief. Right. Billy Graham, nine months. Ah, uh, that might be a little longer. Yeah, than ten ago. months almost. Right. Uh, then who was the next? Iron Sheik, a month. Uh, then who? Hogan or Andre? A day? No, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no pitch on that yeah. one. Uh, Savage a year, a little but over a Savage year. Savage wasn't a heel oh, most true. of it. Like, wasn't a heel most of the time. Yeah. only a couple of months of it. Uh, Slaughter a couple months. Mm-hmm. Undertaker six days, ninety two. Flair three months. What about the second run? A month and a half. Okay, yeah. Brett Yoko. Was June of ninety three to April of no March of ninety four. Well, I Brett. So that's Brett nine was months. A face, so it doesn't count. No, I'm saying Yoko. Yeah, Yoko was. So Yoko was the longest heel since Billy Graham. Since Billy Graham. Yes, and Billy Graham was a charismatic, likable heel. Meanwhile, Yoko was not charismatic at all. No, I will other say than, that. Other than in cooking for the single man, but that's, that's a, saying, a fantastic segment. Yeah, that's one of the greatest Coliseum home video segments it of is. all time. Yeah, cooking for the single man. Smack them, whack them. That's on the network, right? So you can see that if you want to. I think to. so. I think, I think it it's is. on the network or it's been ripped to YouTube just by yes, itself. It's one or the other. Like, so stupid and fun. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what, Quinn? I'm going to give you that. That if they had had Yoko just have the King of the Ring, the SummerSlam run, have Luger beat him. He I might hate, be remembered as a better champion. Yeah. He might be remembered as a better transitional champion. Yeah. The transition from Hogan to Luger. Whereas Mankind is like, that was just a feel good. Everyone loved it. And Mankind was like actually like big by that point. Like he was like, oh yeah, he was a weird pop culture phenomenon, right? Because wrestling, was, so, wrestling was so popular. So mm-hmm. it's like by default, Mankind, everyone knew who the fuck Mankind was. A lot of people, I've heard people claim that Mankind should be like considered one of the best WWF champs. I'm not kidding. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't that. agree with it, but yeah. I've heard like people resonate that much with it. Nobody gives a fuck about Yokozuna. They they think of him like, oh, this is when wrestling sucked. Like that's what I. That's it's generally like but what he you was, think of. He was champion in a bad era. I'm not blaming the era right. on him. It's not his fault. But it was like the worst of the worst. It is true. Like, I mean, like, did he have anything that he who really? Who the fuck did he even fight? Tatanka. Like, I mean, come on, man. Undertaker yeah, like, at house shows. Ugh. Luger. Brett. With that being said, I don't even think he's better than Young Randall. I do. 
That's ridiculous to me, actually. Okay, you know what? Randy is like... It's hard to really... He's had so many good... He's had a lot of good feuds, as much as you don't like him. Like the Triple H. Yeah, yeah fine. Uh, he's okay. been champion a lot. Like, I like that we have to argue the big climax of our finale years that we're arguing the bottom yeah, <laughs> of I, all I, things. I'm just saying. No, I know. It's okay. Is he better than Eddie? Yes. Okay. Eddie is like the worst. He shouldn't even be on this list. He shouldn't, That's actually. That's insane to me. Now... like. So are you happy Yoko yeah. didn't get the worst? He's 20. If it wasn't for Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like, All right. So here is, though, officially the top 10. I'm just going to read it through, it folks. fucking change. Nope. Yeah. And then I'll read the bottom 10. If you're into this, if you really care, if you take this very seriously, here are the top 10 greatest WWF champions of all time from our vantage point. Number one, Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Steve Austin. Bruno Sammartino. Awesome. Our top four, Joe, I'm very like confident. It's like, pretty good. I, I really think it's a it's a solid top four. It's pretty I, good. I think it's in the order it should be, to be, be honest with you. That, I know you do. I know you opinion, think that. Yes. Number five, Randy Savage. I think that's right. Right on. Six, Bret Hart, definitely. That's wrong. Seven, The Rock. That's wrong, too. Eight, CM Punk. I'm fine with that. Nine, Triple H. Hey, hey it's scientific. We, we went one by one. We tried. Ten, Billy Graham. The the most surprising at number 10, I think, yep. Billy Graham. So that's an OVP top 10. Now, I want to read you guys a few things here because now it's the finale. We can be yeah. a little casual there with this. Go. This is the top 20. Well, it's actually 21 because of the tie that we had. Yeah. But this is the order. Bruno Sammartino, Hulk Hogan, and Randy Savage, and Steve Austin all got the top amount of votes with I 31. We, I would say we're pretty accurate. On that, we on the money. Other yep. than Savage, other than Savage, The Rock got thirty votes. So technically, those two, those four, tied for number one. Right. There's a t- so <laughs> technically, The Rock is number two. But I mean, or, or, or five. five, yeah, which is exactly where. Well, no, it isn't because of that whole Bret Hart bullshit. Right below The Rock with twenty nine <laughs> votes is Bret Hart. <laughs> See, but here's something interesting, Quinn. Yeah. Right below Bret Hart with 28 is Shawn Michaels. That's interesting. And do you think a lot of that has to do with that Shawn Michaels and Bret are like coupled together yes. to people in people's yep. brains? Below Shawn is Brock Lesnar. Below Brock Lesnar is John Cena. Absolutely ridiculous. I, I, I'm like, stunned. Listen, if anything, I could accept the voting going where like maybe John Cena was below the rock. Like that would be the yeah. like, lowest I could see. It. Right. Like, I was but surprised. I, Rick Flair, right below Cena. And here's where it gets weird. The Undertaker that's, is that high get up. Get out of here. That's that's <laughs> stupid. Like, we, just, we just went over all of it. I know, it. it's like, not good. Yeah, that's crazy. And you, get, you know who's right below him? Triple H. Which doesn't make sense. Yeah, Triple right? H should be a little higher. Like a little, maybe. I'm looking at this. Right below Triple H is CM Punk. What? Like, what? Like, some people even said they think CM Punk's one. I so, know. like. Now, for all you Backland advocates out there, yeah. he is all the way below CM Punk. So for everyone that was saying, how could you possibly put Backland below Ric Flair? High. Fan yeah. voting dictated that he's all the way down here below Flair, below Undertaker, Triple H, CM Punk. So we actually did better than the overall <laughs> fan votes with him. How about that? That's uh, funny. Kurt Angle, number no. 15. This one's <laughs> this one's weird. This is, I think... It's right below Backland. But I think Billy Graham here, right? The next one down? He's be- yeah, below Kurt Angle is Billy Graham. Yeah. That's the one where I'm like, 
did should have been higher, or we, did we fuck up? Did we fuck up? Like, that, well, opinions but are, but there is no absolute. fucking up. Yeah. It's like we just judged it based off like <laughs> yeah. what what we thought it should be. And if we did this a year ago, we might have had a totally different list. If we did this a year from now, we might have. It was just, you know, what it really was was Billy Graham's influence. I think that's what took we him took a long him. way, yep. and that also helped with CM Punk. Correct. Like those two guys, really, the influence thing helped yep. a lot. Now below Billy Graham at number seventeen is Mick Foley. Kind of where we have him. Kind of where we have him. Right below Foley is Yokozuna. (sighs) Listen here. Below Yoko is Eddie and Orton and Edge. Okay, first of all, this Eddie shit, why (laughs) is he above anybody? I don't know. Like, that's insane. Like, guys, really? Well, this is the way it came in. This is I mean, nobody can know. There's no one person's fault here. That's the beauty of this. And and to refresh you guys, Quinn and I had no vote in this. All we did was rank what you guys chose. Now, for those of you wondering where certain people are, here's a list of here's a list of people who didn't make the cut. Yep, here's a list of people finally that didn't make the cut. AJ Styles just missed it by a vote of making a tie with Edge. Then Chris Jericho, right below him. Interesting. With 12 votes. Ultimate Warrior did not make the cut, folks. And he was below two other people in yes. not making the cut. I was very surprised. You as really I'm thought sure, the Warrior would be make the cut? I didn't think that he'd get... Yeah, I didn't think he'd get booted out for some of these people. Like Eddie and Edge. AJ is a great champion. Yeah, he, he got really is. Now, I know Tony Chiricetti, especially, was a big Ultimate Warrior fan, is probably pissed that Ultimate Warrior didn't make it. We didn't do it, guys. We did not choose this list. It's not our fault. Below Ultimate Warrior, I was actually surprised that... <laughs> this is... Uh, I, how, I can't believe he got this many votes. Andre the Giant he got... Was, guys, one day. One day. <laughs> how is that possible? That I don't get. That he I, should have no votes. Yeah, he, I don't know how he made it. That's actually really funny. Uh, below Andre the Giant is Daniel Bryan. Huh. Weird, that, right? That's actually like much higher than I thought Dana Bryan would get. Yeah. Now, Diesel also, same amount, eight votes. The Diesel man. Pedro Morales. What? No. Six Just... people. <laughs> Batista. Batista should be higher than Pedro Morales. Iron Sheik, which, why? I don't yeah, know why. That's transitional. Roman Reigns. I can't believe he got votes, considering how the internet like, hates him. Yeah. yeah. Seth Rollins. Hey, that's respectable for a guy that's like not done with his career yet. <laughs> yeah, it's true. To get four votes to get at this four point. Votes. Anybody who's recent who gets votes, I'm, I like respect yes, that. I respect like, that too. Because if we did this in like ten years, yeah. those guys might be in, might have more. Yeah, so we'll see. Psycho Stid. Psycho Stid. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Ivan Cole. <laughs> wait, wait. I didn't really. I thought he didn't make the list at all. That's amazing. <laughs> he got to three me. votes. Uh, this is good. JBL got two. He shouldn't even be on here. Yes, I know. Okay. Jeff Hardy got two. You know, I'm surprised he didn't get more. A lot of people like, like that Jeff Hardy winning the had, title yeah. was mm-hmm. like a, a lot of deal. people like were like, this is great. Yeah. Like, this is all we wanted was Jeff Hardy as the champion. Kane also got two votes. Yeah, he had a bird day or something. <laughs> yeah. And now the following people all have one vote. Alberto Del Rio. What? I don't know. He sucks. <laughs> Big show, which fine, whatever. <laughs> Buddy Rogers. Well, out of respect, I guess, right? The, the respect first vote. champion. Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. Renee wow, Young's husband. He's tied with Buddy Rogers. <laughs> Shut up. Goldberg, which fuck off with Wait, that. Did he even win the W? I don't even think he did. I don't think he did. So I, when it got to like one vote people, I didn't even fuck with the list. I'm pretty sure he didn't win the WWE title. I don't think he did. Uh, Rey Mysterio. Yo, Holmes. Yeah, yo. Sergeant Slaughter, that's funny. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Stan Stasiak. Stan Stasiak, how? I don't know. Who voted for him? 
Ted DiBiase, which doesn't even count. I just <laughs> left it on here. Yeah, okay. Ted and Goldberg literally don't count. No, you know who I had to remove because he didn't win the real vote? You know who got a handful of... Wouldn't have made the list, but you know who got a lot of votes? Oh. Chris Voldemort. What? But he, he did... didn't win the WWF no, title. No, he never won the WWF title. He won title. the big gold. Huh. Uh, and finally, The Miz with one vote. That's respectable for yep, Miz. That's okay. Now, huh. Quinn, I'm going to give you, and you can... Let's. Why don't we do this? I have an idea. Okay. To close out this segment, folks, you and I had to agree as we did this, right? Yeah. So I'm going to say number one, and we're going to say who we think number one is. No, no commentary with each other. Yeah. We okay. just say who it is. So number one, I have Hulk Hogan. Yep, I agree with that one. I'm good with that one. Number two, Bruno San Martino. John Cena. Number three, Steve Austin. I'm good with that too. Number four, John Cena. And number four for me is Bruno. Okay. Number five, Randy Savage. Yes. Yeah, I it, agree with that, too. Believe it or not, Quinn, number six for me, The Rock. The Rock for me, also. I, I've thought about this. Yeah. You just got to understand something, guys. We do these shows once a week. Like, my, I don't absolute think in these terms, like, throughout the rest of my life. Yeah. So, I'm actually revising my pick to put The Rock above Bret Hart. Yeah. Okay. Okay. However, but that isn't the list. It's like, correct. No, no, no. This is our own personal list. Yeah. This is this is the show's agreement of it. However, I'm putting Bob Backlund in right below the Rock. Right below the Rock. Yes. Where do you, who do you put below I think the Rock? That's Bret Hart. Okay. Fair enough. I would put Bret at number eight, right below Bob Backlund. I still keep Punk at eight. Okay. I would put Triple H at nine. I agree with that. And I would have CM Punk at 10. At 10? Yes. Okay, I got a surprise that, for you. That would knock Graham off. What? Uh, after looking at all of this over again? Yep. I will jump Backlund to 10. That's Very my com- nice. That's my compromise. So there you uh, go. My personal list. Someone want to note that down? Joe Merkel, maybe? But the, go science, through that. But the science. Right, the science that we agreed on. The science on. that we agreed on <laughs> does not agree with our personal opinions. No, of the, course the not. The reflections of the list do not, <laughs> are not the personal opinions yes. of Joe Murata and Michael Quinn. That's right. Folks, be sure to always share your personal opinions with us. You can do that on Twitter. You can email us or, of course, join the group and let us know. But that is the Royal Rankings. It is done of WWE Champions. It was a fun time, wasn't it, Quinn? It was fun. Do we want to do the final list of this music just so people have it? Yeah, I'll just run it straight through. Do it. Number one, Hulk Hogan. Number two, John Cena. Three, Steve Austin. Four, Bruno San Martino. Number five, Randy Savage. Number six, Bret Hart. Number seven, The Rock. Eight, CM Punk. Nine, Triple H. And ten, Billy Graham. That is the Royal Rankings, the top ten. WWF World Champions of all time, and a big congratulations to the best WWF Champion of all time, Quinn. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. And, and that is the OVP list, we should specify. That's right. The combined fandom yep. list. Your list is welcome as well. But in the meantime, we're taking a break. When we come back, we are reviewing something. We'll be back right after this. I don't know how he's going to fit. This holiday season at KFC, get three of our freshly prepared Colonel's Crispy Strips, mashed potatoes and gravy, coleslaw, and a biscuit for just $2.99. It's a meal everybody will love. Everybody. 
And now, Colonel's Crispy Strips are featured in the holiday family meal. Eight pieces of chicken, mix and match, fried and roasted, along with two large sides, four biscuits, and four Colonel's Crispy Strips, all at the special holiday price of just $14.99. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here on episode number 110, the season 11 finale. Quinn, before we review something, I want to make mention of some friends of the show. There are other good wrestling podcasts out there, and we want you guys to check them out. They are supporters of us, and we are supporters of them. And we will start with the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, which is hosted by two guys, Quinn, that actually work in the business. Now, is that show about nothing? It's about wrestling. Oh, okay. Why is it called that? Then? And I'm not really sure. Huh. Something with Seinfeld or yeah. something like that. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And uh, these guys do this show every Monday, and it's hosted by two guys that have worked in the business. One of them is a referee who alleges that he's just on an extended hiatus, but we really think he's retired. He's in the middle of a retirement. Right. He's until, in the middle of until it. Until the Saudi money comes, and then he'll be gone. <laughs> he'll have to give up that retirement. His name is Mean Mike Crockett, and he is joined each and every week by an actual wrestler who actually wrestles Quinn. He is ROH's own Brian Malonis. The Wine City Whaler himself. That's right. Uh, kicking ass, taking names. Yeah, uh, a lot of names. Maybe one, one day we'll perform in the Madison Square Gardens. Oh, that'd be wonderful. He was in those gardens there. Yeah. This, these guys are great, though, because what they do is they, were, they grew up wrestling fans, so they take their fandom you know, of retro wrestling. They combine that with the current scene of wrestling. But with their experience, they weave into that a nice little package where they talk about a bunch of different stuff as it pertains to our favorite subject, wrestling. So check out the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. You can check it out every single Monday. And check out on Thursdays, the critics' favorite, Quinn. Yes, the critics. The acclaimed, renowned greetings from Allentown, G.F. Allentown. I heard they talked about this podcast in the Village Voice recently. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. NPR gave it five stars. Pitchfork gave it a 9.4. Yeah, know, which well, is high that, honors. That's really good for Pitchfork. Right. This is hosted by one very lonely man, Quinn. His name is Petey Winson. Yes, Mr. Petey, the little brother. Little baby brother. Little baby. <laughs> he, he tells the stories about Kittle and all this. Yeah, so what he does is he'll take a single episode of a syndicated wrestling show, usually. But instead of you know, reviewing the show just straight through, there's tons of asides and tons of distractions and tons of whimsy, you know, and anecdotes. Yeah, sometimes he even does the same shows we do. Sometimes he yeah. does, yes. And it's a great show. He puts it all together into a really cool hour and a half, hour and 40 minutes. Uh, very entertaining program. And obviously, the critics' favorite. Critically acclaimed. You know, Critically acclaimed renowned. amongst all the critics. Uh-huh. So check out Greetings from Allentown on Thursdays. And also check out, if you like your retro wrestling, with a side of cornmeal and hush puppies. Yeah. South of the brow style. South of the border and south of the brow, right? Yeah. It's the unprofessional wrestling podcast. That's right. It is booking. The territory with Mike Mills. And what they do is they go. They do two shows actually. They do the Smoky Mountain stuff, which is cool. Yeah, those nice. mountains are smoking. very smoking. Yeah, and they do the NWA Crocodile, the mid '80s stuff, which is really the good, tasty. The good stuff. That's right. Even I like. It. They do that shit with a side of grits there. That is booking the territory. So check out our three friends of the show: the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, GF Allentown, and Booking the Territory. But Quinn, remember when that boy met World? Yeah, he met it. <laughs> Things happen like this episode because there's so many hijinks that happen when you meet the world. You, yeah. can't, you can't cover it all in 20 <laughs> no. minutes. You got to cover it in 24 episodes yeah, a, season, a season for seven seasons. For seven seasons to really bite into what goes on yes. in the world. So Boy Meets World, folks, was a sitcom that 
starred French Savage's little brother, Ben Savage. Right, which I always confuse that because why are their names like very similar? No relation to Randy Savage as far as I know. I don't think no, so. No, not at all. Not at all. Ben Savage's show, Boy Meets World, was very much a sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> In the vein of other sitcoms, you know, with a laugh track, four camera setup, whereas Fred Savage's show, The Wonder Years, was a, a one camera dramedy, which I, I happen to prefer it's over right. this show. It's actually one of the best oh. one of the best shows of the nineties period, I would say. The Wonder Years, absolutely. It's unbelievably good. Now Boy Meets World is if you took everything that was good about the Wonder Years and put it into a sitcom form i've always said like it's actually it's like similar here's the thing about boy meets world it's actually not even bad it's not a bad show at all i just think it's like like you said because it, it's, it's it's a sitcom the format is changed yeah. to a more sitcom-y format mm-hmm. i don't think it has the opportunity to be as good as um the wonder, the wonder years. no way yeah, no yeah. it doesn't and it, if, it's not the show's fault is my point i do like the girl of boy meets world better than the girl of uh the wonder oh, years wait, but you don't like winnie cooper more than oh topanga? i much prefer topanga mm. i'm just saying leave well, it up to you to folks be, at home there to be more fair i think winnie cooper is way too much of a tease compared to topanga yeah Isn't topanga's it? with Corey most of the time like, they're and they're like they have like a nice happy relationship whereas winnie the whole fucking time She's it's pain like in the ass it's like i like you Literally, like, five minutes later, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> I know, and, then, and then five minutes after that, no, I like you again. And it's yeah. like, give the kid a break. Like, just to, can you tell him definitively? It takes till the last episode for us to definitively find out what she thinks. Yes, like, and they do the barn, and then they're yeah. not together. They, they, yeah, they break up multiple times, and we, it turns out she's been married to Fred or somebody. Yeah, some, some guy. Some dude that wasn't the guy from Home Alone Kevin Arnold. who was talking the whole time. <laughs> Daniel Stern, yeah. yes. Well, there you had it. In a nutshell, the plain, unvarnished truth. So anyway, back to Boy Meets World here. This show was on from 93 until, believe it or not, 2000. So Mr. Feeney is probably the most notable thing from the show besides so, Topanga, right? The whole Mr. Feeney aspect never made any sense to me. How does this guy go from being an elementary school teacher mm-hmm. while these kids are going through school? And when, when they change to, to middle school, to middle school, he's there, too. But then when they change to high school, he's also the principal of the high school. And then when they go to college, he's like the, the dean, dean of, yeah. the high, of the college. How in the fuck does that know. work at all? He like, was... His career path follows their student path, and it makes no sense. Mr. Feeney was like the Wilson from Home Improvement Basically. of this show. He was their neighbor that was like involved with the family and helped them out. And it was it was a pretty good show. You know, it was Corey Matthews and his best friend, you know, the renegade uh, Sean. The Seanster. Yeah, Ryder Strong. Yeah. And he had a dumb older brother Corey did named eric right i liked eric actually. No, eric was good he was always like good meaning yep. right like he was stupid <laughs> yeah but he, he was good he was a good guy and uh cory's parents were nice uh, the dad was like a grocer yes he was a, he was a professional grocer and the mom amy was uh, amy, yeah i don't know if she a teacher or she works at a some kind of business of some i don't kind. really remember what something she did. with business something with business and <laughs> occasionally uh they had a sister Yes. Sometimes. Morgan. Morgan, yes. Yes, Morgan, who Occasionally. also changed Actresses people. Like, and was missing for like two years or yeah, something. She was like Judy, but yeah. a little more respectable than Judy. Oh, than Judy she, Winslow? She yeah. was never actually written off. No, no, no. So now that we've caught you up on the Boy Meets World, we're going to take you to Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 9. This is from November 15th, 1996. And you'll see why we're reviewing this episode, right, of yeah. course. You know, there's a reason that and we you picked might, you this might episode. You al- already know, because to preface this, this is a pretty notable, very notable episode in the series. Yeah, especially amongst people, wrestling fans. Amongst wrestling fans, a lot of people recognize this as one of the like definitive 
like wrestling involvement in a sitcom thing. Agreed. Right? Like, yep. th- like this is the one I always hear people say. It's like, oh, what, you know, what do you remember you do, when this happened? Remember when wrestling was on Boy Meets World? Yep. Like, everyone fucking says that. Now, did you watch this as it aired? Because I, I did. did. And I did too. I, here's the weird thing about it is I had no idea that wrestling was going to be on it that night. Like Same. I had, I just always watched this show. It was part of my regular thing. Yep. And I was watching wrestling in 1996 so as well. I. So, yep. Like when I saw two of the things I really liked together, I was like, whoa, this is great. I turned out Boy Meets World and a wrestler just happened to be on it. Right. Yeah. And it was weird. I don't remember if they hyped it. But Quinn, we open with the, what I call the crappy car intro. Remember this? Okay. So this, I never liked this. this and I swear this intro, you may say it, I'm wrong, but I swear this intro was added in in the, once they put it on like streaming services and stuff. I were, think like, this was their intro by, ni- by late 96. I really do. That is correct. I just don't like that they put what the actual intro was on the car with the with the animated of like the boy with the globe on his yeah, foot. Yeah, the original intro, right? Yeah, which actually it's not the original. That's not the this is the intro that took place before they inserted this shitty intro. I don't know if this was inserted. I think this is their intro by ninety six. I, I remember it. I don't buy it. You're wrong. So we go to class here and we open with Corey in class reading some poetry out of a book for Mr. Turner. Now, Mr. Turner, real quick, just to catch you up, folks, he was, like, the cool teacher. Right, he's the cool teacher that in the original, like, introduction of him, he would wear, like, a leather jacket yep. over his school teaching clothes. And he had a motorcycle. He had a motorcycle, and he was just so cool. But then, like, I don't know, like, after they, like, decided that he was going to be more of, like, a father figure to Sean, <laughs> they almost, like, fiend him up. Yeah. Like, with his clothes. Like, he just dressed like a normal teacher. Yeah, like weird. He shouldn't dress like a dork. And then he disappears. Yeah. Very soon after this. So, Sean, speaking of him, is sleeping, like, laid across, like, two desks. And yeah. he's like, I don't want to go to school, Daddy. And Turner's like, get up! Blah, 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 and then Sean leaves. Ironically, like, Turner is basically his dad. Yeah. I don't want to go to school, Daddy. <laughs> Corey's reading poetry. <laughs> You get your butt out of that bed and get to class. Okay. Okay. Also, what the fuck? Why is this school, like, way too casual at this point? Like, people are making comments in the middle of the class. Like, yes. Topanga's, like, saying things. Yeah. Like, what, what? What is this? It's it, like an it, outlaw country. No, it's a sitcom in a classroom. <laughs> like, it's like, but the problem with applying, like, sitcom rules where everyone has a wise Alec remark to me <laughs> is, wise like... Alec. That doesn't work in a teacher-student setting. Like the teacher would be like, "Get the fuck out of here! You're going to the principal's office." Like, that's not how this works. Now, haven't we talked about how it's smart, Alec, not wise, Alec? Whatever. Okay, I'm just making sure. So, uh, anyway, big Frankie there. Now, Frankie's this yeah. big, tall, rather large man, but he's very deep and profound, you know. And yeah. he analyzes this poem, and Corey's like, "Wait, I thought it was about a doggy." Sometimes we love, and though it seems that the object of our love is within reach, it does not reciprocate, and so we must keep reaching. It's not about a doggy? And then uh, Topanga turns around and makes some wise Alec comment yeah, to him. She's like, oh, honey, or yeah. like, like she's the wife. <laughs> she like, is. Topanga was a Danielle Fischel, still to this day, is beautiful. How old is she here? Like 16, probably. That can't be. She looked older, yeah. She I think looks she's 16. She's way too old. Maybe 17. I guess it's the typical women mature faster than men. Thing. I guess yeah. so. So anyway, Corey and Frankie have a deep, profound conversation about love and how Frankie wants love. And Sean wanders back in to hang out with the two of them. So you got these three guys now sitting in the classroom yeah. all casually. Now, may I ask? Yeah. When did all these people become friends? Because let me explain something about Frankie here. Big the, Frankie. The big fat kid, right? Yes. Now. When they initially moved to the high school in, like, I don't know, season what, three or something, three, like, I, 
you know, Minkus is gone yeah, and all this shit. No more right? Minkus. But there's a bully character, right? Mm-hmm. And he leads up a crew, and Frankie's in the crew, right? Yes. Now, this whole crew, I don't know what the fuck happened to them. They just, like, disappeared, and Frankie just, like, stayed along for the ride, right? Yeah. But now, he's, like, a big face. Yeah, right? when did like, he turn face? Like, Topanga's friends with him. Corey and Corey, Sean are Corey friends with him. Like, everyone just is, like, friends with this kid. They're, yeah. like, they love him. Like, They're- he's, he's like, their big fat friend basically yeah, it's like weird. they think he's the coolest like <laughs> he's he's so good he's got a heart of gold yeah right like, he's not even mean anymore No, he's very what nice what the hell happened what happened to frankie <laughs> yeah that's not the frankie we know <laughs> so Corey and sean offer to help frankie with his love situation if he agrees to help them with poetry so we got a deal here we got a deal because he's very good with the poetry he's a very right. deep profound man right. you know so we go to frankie's house which quinn and i were theorizing is supposed to be a double wide trailer by the way i'm very confused by it because it's like too big for a trailer like it's basically a home but with it, wood paneling yeah, it, to make it look like a trailer it's built like a trailer right like it looks like a trailer but it's big Interesting. It's, it's built like a trailer however it's not shaped like a trailer that's, there you go that's that's the problem there right it there. is so uh Frankie's dad, Vader, comes home. Yeah, you know, just uh, <laughs> casually. And he is Vader. Yeah. Like, he's not like a guy. Like, he's not the guy Vader playing somebody. No, he's not like Mr. Slam or something. Yeah. Like, you know, like that's the character. Frankie, I'm home. Father, it is good to see you. What I like about it, though, is he comes in, the audience doesn't react. There's no like, Whee! Yeah, yeah, they don't know who the fuck he is. He just comes in like he's been on the show well, like a million times. It's WWF 96. Yeah, that's true. It's just the crowd reacts to him as they would react if you were first introduced to Frankie's father, if he was just an actor. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So Vader comes in and he goes on about how he doesn't like poetry and all this crap Frankie does. He says Frankie could have been something, like a sumo. You could have been somebody. You could have been a sumo. <laughs> Vader has the junky WWF <laughs> belt, but n- and I'm not talking about the real stuff. Yeah. I'm talking about literally the one that didn't look like like it's the yeah. foam one yes. like that everyone remarks on yes. like it's on the wall right yeah like he won that or something like <laughs> he won it straight from the merchandise catalog yeah, yeah. so vader's like hey i remember you to Corey, and he threatens to grind him up like garlic and put him in a spaghetti something spaghetti yeah the yeah. whole spaghetti joke here I, spaghetti. I i didn't really understand this joke actually because is vader supposed to be italian then <laughs> oh well frankie right isn't he supposed to be italian I don't know. I mean, non-Italian people eat spaghetti and make spaghetti. You're in my son's poetry class. You're a bad influence. I should crush you like garlic and put you in my spaghetti. (laughs) So Corey references um, that that's the same thing Vader said that he would do to Sid at the Philadelphia Spectrum. What a weird thing, by the way. Vader's house. I know. (laughs) I know. Here we are at Vader's house. Right. And we're talking about the spectrum and yeah. Sid and shit. That's one detail. Is this show is supposed to take place in Philly or at least like a suburb of Philly because it don't look like it take place in Philly. You know, yeah, honestly. Uh, yeah, it does. The it Matthews does. house. No. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Corey and Sean now realize after seeing, you know, Frankie and Vader interact that the love problem is not between Frankie and a lady. It's between Frankie and Vader. Oh my gosh, Corey. I just realized who it is that Frankie loves and who doesn't love him back. Yeah, me too. Amy Lee Reynolds. (laughs) Yeah, Amy Lee Reynolds. Come here. It's his father. So uh, we go to uh, school now, and Topanga is telling Corey how upset she is because her mom is giving her a sweet 16. and It's lame or something. She doesn't want one. Corey's like, nah, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Back at Vader's house. Frankie gives uh, Corey and Sean some poetry tips, and then Vader storms in, telling them what time it is. It's Vader time. It's time! 
It's time! It's Vader time! And he's so excited, Quinn, because he's got his big rematch with Jake the Snake Roberts okay, coming here, up. Here we go again with the, is it real or not? Here's the thing. It's like the kayfabe is actually like really well lined up with like what's going on. Right? <laughs> in like, real wrestling like in it's 96. A little, it's a little too close. I'm, it's almost like wrestling is real in this universe. But not only that, like all the storylines taking place are also like <laughs> yeah. real things. They're real because here, this is the best part of this whole discussion is because right. Corey's like, oh, that's great. Because if you win, you get to face uh, the world champion, Shawn Michaels at Madison right. Square Garden. And and may we note that this was came out like Shawn Michaels was the champion. Yes, he was uh, about to be fighting Sid at Madison Square Garden at right. Survivor Series. Yeah. It's actually really, really cool. It's, it's actually close to accurate here. And then Frankie's like, my father's a wrestler. Category, villain. My father is not a poet. He's a professional wrestler. Villain category with the World <laughs> Wrestling Federation. So here's the thing with Frankie you have to understand going forward. is like the poetry thing is not only just something he's good at. He literally like, it's like almost like stupid how they do it. Like he's like, he just always speaks in poetry. Yeah, he speaks in like prose, you know? Yeah, like, <laughs> like as, meter is yeah, very. It's bizarre. It is like, bizarre. It's actually like a little too much. I'd say it's a little too much. Yeah. It's very sitcom y. Right. Yeah. You exactly. Know, exaggerating all that. And what's weird, like we said again, he wasn't this character before. So it's weird that he developed this like right. way of talking, <laughs> like after a certain point. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah. It's weird. So anyway, Corey. He wants to help out Frankie here, so he tells Frankie to give Vader some advice. He says that Vader's got to set up the Vader bomb faster. So Frankie tells him, and Vader gets, like, all happy. He's like, oh, that's great. Give me more advice, you know, yeah. or whatever. I think the Vader bomb would be best achieved if it was set up, what, so quicker what? Quicker. Quicker. <laughs> I knew something was wrong with the bomb. You keep those tips coming. So we go back to school here and Frankie is all happy with Corey and Sean in the hallway. Like it's fucking saved by the bell over here where yeah. just no one ever does anything at school. Yeah. What is, it's just like a place where people like, like so exposition can happen. <laughs> yeah, what the like hell? that's essentially like the school exists. So the characters can meet and then they can like go do whatever the fuck they got to do. <laughs> yeah, right. No one's ever really doing anything. No one's actually schooling no. in the school. Same thing with saved by the bell. No one's ever doing shit. No, they're just hanging out in the hallway. It's just a reason to meet and then get in to stupid hijinks. <laughs> yes, right. So uh, Frankie says he'll see them tomorrow and mentions that match again that Vader's got coming up about Shawn Michaels. It is when my father fights Jake the Snake Roberts. The winner is in line for a shot at the belt against Shawn Michaels at Madison Square Garden. You were saying you like how accurate this is. It's, it's so actually, accurate. It's actually decent. Like <laughs> right? how like accurate it is with the WWF <laughs> like at the time. It's actually quite refreshing, Quinn, because... We did the Family Matters thing. I know, we, that was the most... Is that the last thing we did? With wrestling, yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids had Brett Nolan on yeah, it. Yeah, that was really they weird. They really treated wrestling weirdly. A lot of shows and sitcoms treat wrestling very cartoony and over the top. This does it as close to real WWF as you can get, as yeah. you guys are going to see. It's not that bad. You know what I like, too? It's like, even though like Corey's supposed to be a fan, they don't like insult any intelligence right. with it. It's like Corey says things that are factually correct, <laughs> right. like about like if you were a fan. <laughs> he's not but, a dork. Like right. He doesn't come across as a dork. He's just like, oh, maybe the Vader bomb could be like if, you, if Vader was asking for a tip <laughs> and kayfabe was real. Corey, as a viewer, might observer, say, like, right? like, might say, like, do the Vader Bob faster. Or he knows, like, what Vader's, like, title matches or his opportunities may be coming up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and it all lines up. And I really like this, actually. I do, I do, too. But there's one problem, Quinn. This big match where Frankie wants Corey and Sean there to help out, it's the same night as Topanga's Sweet 16. Yes, which Corey has agreed to go with, too. Yeah, so he's agreed to go to both now. 
But Corey tells Frankie, you know what? No, I can't go because Topanga's Sweet 16. And Frankie gets really, really sad. So Corey's like, all right, fine, I'll go. So Corey's so, being a nice so friend. Actually, this is a theme. With, this becomes a joke. If you watch this series as all well, as it yep. goes on, is that basically the idea behind the Corey character is that he's so nice that he always gets himself in some weird situation where he has to screw someone over by accident or yeah. something like that's basically the Corey character. And even the characters will remark yeah. about like, you're too nice a guy. Yeah. Sometimes you have to let things go or whatever. Yeah. He's not malicious. He's right. not a yeah. malicious character. Right. So Sean gleefully, gloatfully says Topanga's going to flip out on Corey for saying he's not going to her sweet 16. And he bets Corey a buck that she'll flip out. <laughs> Which seems way too low for if Sean's supposed to be like a bad kid. Yeah, you know, a buck. You, you think he'd say like a oh, hundred bucks. Yeah. Right? Like, try to fleece him. <laughs> <laughs> try to fleece him. So, of course, Topanga conveniently comes into her locker. Corey goes up to her and tells her blah, blah, blah. And now all of a sudden, Topanga's got to change her heart about this whole fucking party because now she says she's going to die if Corey doesn't go. Sweetheart, listen, there may be a slight chance I won't be able to come. I'll just die. I'll just die, Corey. I know I said it's not important, but it means everything. She says something to the effect is like, yeah, I told you I was like, I didn't care, but I really did on the yeah, inside. Because she wants to have that big dance with them. So, all right, Corey says he'll go. And you uh, you uh, caught on to the plot right yeah, away I there, said, Quinn. I said, right to I said, so we're setting up for the two places at once scenario. It's like Three's Company over here or yep, something like exactly. that. You know? There's a thing and a deal and a thing and the guy falls off the bike. Three's Company too. Corey passes Sean a buck as he's kissing Topanga, which is actually kind of funny. He, like, it, it actually is a good joke. <laughs> yeah, he passes it behind yeah. him. So we go to Corey's house where Sean comes in and he has a videotape. <laughs> this videotape now is going to help them be at two places at once. And Sean's going to give Corey an education on how right. to pull this off. So what's this? An instructional Deepak Chopra, Venus and Mars, buy real estate, no money down, ab reducer, <laughs> juice tiger kind of thing. It's the Flintstones. So it's an episode of the Flintstones where Fred has to be at two places at once. This is so good, Joe. Why is that? Because this is like the show. Now, you know how I remarked about some meta before? Mm -hmm. This is fucking ultra meta. Oh, yeah. They like acknowledge that they're on a sitcom at certain points. They do. They wink at the fourth wall. They like wink at the fourth wall. They're like trying to like plan this out logistically and yeah. like Corey's like not understanding yeah, Cor- things. Corey keeps saying, but no, but Sean, that's a show. Right. It's different than this. And Sean's like, no, it's the same thing. Yeah. Trust he me. like literally <laughs> looks at the camera and like, like, this is the same. It's the same with like it's- a smirk. Yeah. But you see, Sean, that was a cartoon. Time was compressed. We're real. We're in real time. Trust me. It's the same thing. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You see, a television show can cover many days in only one half an hour program. Trust me, it's the same thing. <laughs> so basically, the plan is this. Topanga's party is only three-tenths of a mile from the spectrum where mm-hmm. Vader's matches. So what they're going to do is they're going to be at two places at once by changing clothes every time they go to their respective places. Right. But they can only stay for 75 seconds at a time. That way, they make their presence at each place, find excuses to leave, change, and go to the other place. And nobody notices because you haven't been gone long enough from the last place. Correct. And Sean's guiding Corey through all this with a pointer, by the way, which is kind of funny. He he brings out a pointer, and he's pointing to the CRT TV. Yeah, it's funny. It's pretty amazing. So, Quinn, let's go to the Spectrum. Our ring announcer here at this WWF show is, of course, Brother Love. Because remember, well, when- you know, he's always the commentator <laughs> at everything. There he is. There is the man, the one and only Vader. There he is. His son's right there. Frankie along with Corey and Sean. What the fuck is this? I don't know. Why is it Brother Love? I don't. I didn't get this part. This is really weird. And it's like he's Brother Love, but like 
it's when Brother Love was like later and he looked more like Bruce Prichard. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yes. Like, you mean fatter. Yeah. He just <laughs> looks like the Bruce of today with the red makeup <laughs> yeah, on. Pretty much. Ugh. So he announces Vader. Vader accompanied uh, by Frankie, Sean, and Corey, his special advisors for the match. Did you also notice when the Vader had his real WWF music here? Yes. He did. Again, because it seems like WWE was like really. They were on board with they, this. This was like, they were like getting publicity, basically. Yes. Like, that's how they looked at this. Because I want to mention, folks, and we'll tell you more details after we're done with the show itself, but this was filmed at an actual WWF house show in a real WWF ring yeah. with a real WWF crowd. So it looks like a WWF show. Yeah, it's dark as shit, too. It is dark in there. So anyway, Vader throws a chair in the ring at his opponent, the shirtless Jake the Snake Roberts, who looks terrible. Why? Okay. Why does he have no shirt on? We know at this point he used to wear the shirt. Yes. Why does? He, why can't he wear his like vest thing? Yes. Like, what is the issue and here? It, his tights are like pea soup green. Did you notice that? It's, they're way it's too not right. They're right? way too shiny. I, I I really don't understand what's going on. His here. hair looks like he dunked it in the toilet before he came out. He looks like almost as bad as heroes like he, of wrestling. It looks day. like he dunked it in a bucket of Jack Daniels. To be honest with you. <laughs> He looks really fucked up here. <laughs> he does. He looks bad. Our referee is Earl Durrell. Now, Brother Love is doing commentary ringside. Sitting next to him is Jerry Briscoe. I saw that, too, and I was like, what? For logistics purposes, I guess? Was- well, was it to look like there's two commentators? Because <laughs> like, he doesn't say anything. No, he's, he's not a mic. Because you know what he says. Like, we're going to kick their butts and <laughs> WCW sticks. We're going to kill their children and yeah, all like, that We're going to beat them afterwards. <laughs> Run them over with our cars. Yeah, some crap like that. Now, you know what I'm wondering, actually? This was a real house show. A lot of times at house shows, Vince didn't go and one of the top agents would be in charge. Jerry Briscoe would make sense to be the top agent in charge. Or Bruce. Or Bruce. Maybe they both were. Or maybe because Bruce was performing, technically. Yeah, they had They they, they probably had to, like, Jerry be with him, though, like, when he's doing his thing. Yeah. That might have been it. Or maybe it was something to do with the camera crew being there for Boy Meets World. They needed just some WWF guys out there. Yeah. Because Bruce obviously was like way at the top in the inner circle. Right. So maybe that's Wasn't why. was Jerry Briscoe also oh, yeah. by that point? Oh, yeah. yeah. But maybe that's why Bruce was there too. Right. Maybe that's why they did the brother love God, thing. I hate the whole inner circle thing, by the yeah, way. like fucking annoying. Why does he have so many people in the said circle? Well, it's not that many, right? It's like four. Yeah, but they're all assholes too. <laughs> other, other than Pat Patterson. <laughs> yeah, Pat's awesome. Yeah. Pat is awesome. He's literally the best person in his yeah, inner circle. Definitely. Uh, so Corey runs out of the arena. Yeah, and finally gets to Topanga's party with his suit on, you know. So everything going good here. Nobody can ever tell. And of course, he makes like a comic plethora of excuses that he couldn't find her the whole time. And I'm like, why does she believe this shit? Yeah, she's like innocently believes him too. Yeah, it's a little like, even for Topanga, the character, if you watch the show, it seems like too naive on her part. Yeah, Yeah, she's supposed to always like, she knows Corey, like everything about Corey. Like that's almost like the joke is like, they're not married, but she knows way too much about yeah. him to the point where they're practically married. Yeah, she's always one step ahead of him. Right, Usually, yeah. right? So Sean, who's hiding, like, out of view from Topanga, tells him it's time to go back to ringside. Because remember, Quinn, 75 seconds. Right, 75 seconds. They they gotta get moving here. <laughs> yep. So he makes some lame excuse to get out of there. They run back. They see Frankie. And they have their Vader masks on now, which is funny. They're yeah. like, yeah, we went to buy masks. Right, right. So meanwhile, Jake is kicking Vader's ass this whole time. Okay, this is when I say to you, how the hell long is this match going on? You're telling me Topanga couldn't wait eight fucking minutes <laughs> for this match to end so Corey could help his friend. <laughs> like, what? That's like, true. It literally, is a, has anyone ever watched a WWF match? <laughs> like, what, is this an Iron Man match or something? Like, what the... Like, 
all they had to do was be there for 10 minutes tops. <laughs> it's only three tenths of a mile away. That's true. They, they could have just run quick. after the 10 minutes and like, and how long is Topanga's party? And <laughs> so if this is a long match, <laughs> right. does, is Topanga's party short? Yeah. What? Like even yeah. a long match wouldn't be her whole party. I'm so confused. I still think Corey should have just manned up and told her what was going on. Though. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point, right? He but, got himself into this mess. Right. But I think if he would have said, hey, Topanga, first of all, you have a weird name. Yeah. Second of all, Frankie over here, he really needs me. He's having some trouble with his dad, Vader. I need right. to help Vader beat Jake the Snake Roberts. It's only like across the street It'll be or right something. Right here, yeah. yeah. I'll be right there. I'll be to your party a little late. Right. And then we can have our dance and you can be happy Just with Aunt Ruthie. Just don't tell the DJ to play the yeah. song or whatever. Yeah, whatever happen. the hell yeah. you're so caught up in. Topanga. Yeah. Stupid name. So anyway, Jake signals for the DDT. So Corey tells Frankie to tell Vader to counter it. Which is obviously sage advice. I mean, Vader, a longtime professional wrestler, wouldn't have thought of that on his own, Clint. Yeah, okay, so there's a lot of this in this episode that, like, I don't know, like, Vader, a guy who this is his profession, yeah. like, why can he not, like, understand how to wrestle? Right. He needs, man, it, it'd be so helpful if his son could help. Yeah, like, his son could just help him know what to do in this his wrestling own son. Ring. His own son. So Vader does counter it as Brother Love is just yelling bombastically mm-hmm. over the whole match on commentary. Jake's moving in for the DDT. Tell your dad to counter or he's a goner. Watch out for the DDT, Dad. The crowd chanting for the DDT. They want the DDT. Oh, but Vader countered. It must have been the advice from Frankie. So Sean and Corey now run back to the party. Corey almost wears his Vader mask in front of Topanga, but Sean catches him. And then he's like, hi, 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 I'm back. Blah, 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 and he's out of breath. But yeah. somehow Topanga's still buying his stupid excuse. Right. Meanwhile, this is the funniest thing. <laughs> There's a TV at this party. That's amazing. Sean and Corey look up, and they see this match, Vader versus uh, Jake Roberts, on TV. Yeah, and now like Vader's like struggling or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jake's taking the snake out of the bag. They're not there to give the tips. See, the tips. It's like strategy tips. <laughs> yeah. Todd Patton, yeah. Now, first of all, Spectrum televised house shows ended in 1989, so I don't know if this is on closed circuit for Topanga's party. <laughs> well, Did she like order it? Three-tenths of a mile gives me the impression that it's either across the street or around the corner <laughs> or like the next block over They're or something. beaming it to the party. Yeah, or they just like, run one long maybe, cable. Maybe the closed circuit is in like those that vicinity of buildings. <laughs> like I don't know. Too bad Dick Graham wasn't on commentary yeah. for this. Yeah. Also, don't forget Ted DiBiase, yeah. the million-dollar guy, is here. Again, I like that Vader needs the help from these boys to <laughs> yeah, win. I know. It's so stupid. It's so funny. Doesn't even Brother Love at some point say a commentary like when Vader like messes up, he says, That must be because of the strategy of the boys at ringside. <laughs> probably. Oh no. Like he, he does say that. Like he probably does. So Sean and Corey run back to the arena now as Topanga is alone waiting for Corey. Now her party's like <sighs> over. Yeah. Again. How long was this match? Uh, I don't know. Was this like a three-hour wrestling match? You know, that's a great point, Quinn, that I didn't think of as we were watching until you brought it up. A WWF wrestling match, like you said, unless it's an Iron Man match, what is it, 8, 12 minutes? Tops 15. With entrances, maybe 18 minutes of your time. Yeah. Including the running back and forth, they could have been there, changed and back within 25 minutes into Topanga's party. Right. Why is her party over? I don't get it. As the match is still going on. Yeah. So anyway, we go to ringside. Vader rolls out of the ring. Frankie comes up to him, and they have a nice heart-to-heart while Corey and Sean Sean run in and watch. They love each other, Vader and Frankie do. So Vader's like, all right, son, I'm going to win. And the big 
heel Vader makes a comeback, which is so funny but, that they so, made him heel. What, they they acknowledge he was a heel, but he yes. makes a comeback, but the sweetened crowd is cool with that. <laughs> yeah, they're fine with yeah. it. So the Vader bomb, which I guess he set up faster this time, it gets the win. Pritchard, by the way, is so bombastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut some of it in. It's so funny. Sean and Corey celebrate in the ring. Yeah. And then they're like, oh shit, Topanga's party well, is ending. The best part is that Corey just yells, this is the greatest moment of my life as <laughs> yes. they're like celebrating. Yeah. And then like Sean has to be like, um, that's not, don't say that. Because yeah. like, you're supposed to like dance, dance with Topanga. Yep. And that should be the greatest moment of your life or whatever. Should be. Yeah. So they run back to the party where Topanga is all alone at the table. No one's there. The, the party's over, folks. The lights are dim. And we see the music by Larry sign. <laughs> yes. First of all, wouldn't you think her mom would like take her home or yeah. something like, or her like Aunt Ruthie yeah, or whoever. whoever the hell that was? Second of all, music by Larry? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, what kind of a name for a DJ is that? <laughs> and also, like, I was like, wasn't Topanga like a hippie or something? Like, yeah, what? in the earlier seasons. Why is she having like this nerdy, like, this Sweet 16 pa- party with music by Larry and all this shit? <laughs> Like, you would think, like, especially because they said, like, her parents were also pretty bohemian. Right. Like, this would be way out of the scope of, like, what their parents would think was, like, okay and normal. Maybe it's because, as boy met world, you know, (laughs) Corey met Topanga, and Corey had a positive influence on her, and she matured. But also, it, (laughs) it rubbed off on her parents, I don't know. Her parents are barely in the show. Yeah, but I'm just saying they describe her parents as also weird. Yeah, they are weird. Right. So it's like, when did they just become like just the regular old like, let's have a sweet 16 and Auntie Ruthie and all this (laughs) shit. Like, I know when, when the plot called for it. Yeah, exactly. They just like wrote, they wrote off completely this like she's a bohemian (laughs) and her family's weird thing. Like they never, ever mentioned it again. They never did. And all of a sudden they're just normal. They are. So she asked Corey how the match went, and he's like, oh, what are you talking about? And then we go up to that TV again, (laughs) which is showing a replay. First of all, a replay at a house show. But the best part, Quinn, is what's flashing on the screen. It actually says replay in, like, wild and crazy kids font, by the way, if you notice. (laughs) Like like, like that when they show a replay on that show. Are you guys ready to do some swinging? (laughs) I'm just saying. Donnie Jeffcoat. Yeah, Donnie Donnie Jeffcoat. So Topanga's really upset, but Corey really is sorry. And he's yes, like, he's like, okay, listen, he's genuinely sorry. And he was like trying. Yeah. There. He made no excuse. Here. He's like, Topanga, I'm really sorry. You're going to hit me with a frying pan. Yeah. And Cause he's referring back to the Flintstones thing. Yeah. And the best thing is she gets the reference. She's yeah. like, yeah, I know that episode. Then she's like, Corey, why, why did you do this? Yeah. And he's like, well, I wanted to help Frankie get closer with Vader. And then we look up at the TV again. And Frankie and Vader are happily celebrating. So Topanga's like, well, it looks like you did. <laughs> yeah, she's actually like... She forgives him. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Like, he wanted to help both. So we go back to ringside. As Corey and Topanga are slow dancing alone in the empty arena, which right. is very sweet. Sean and Frankie are actually sitting ringside first row, eating popcorn, watching them dance. And Frankie nudges Sean. He's like, how many rounds do you think they're going to go? And Sean's like, them? They're going to go the distance. How many rounds do you think they'll go? Those two? Oh, they're going to go the distance. So they're going to have sex? Like, what? Like, that comment. I know, it was like, a little creepy. Yeah, it's like... It's a they, sweet 16, damn it. It's, they're 16. 
can't have this on an ABC yeah, owned yeah, show. Yeah, not on a television show. No, <laughs> maybe in real life. Maybe in real life. Yeah. So we fade to black, and then we have the tag scene here, which is also cool. Yeah. Frankie and Vader are in the ring talking, you know, just kind of a close up of them in the ring, right. and Vader says. He understands that Frankie doesn't want to be a wrestler like his pappy. Yes. I accept the fact that you don't want to be a wrestler like your pappy. Pappy. He actually <laughs> says that. I, I never thought I'd hear, hear Vader say pappy. Like, that should be on the soundboard. Like your pappy. <laughs> be a wrestler like your pappy. Like <laughs> your pappy. Like your pappy. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> Nobody says that. If you... <laughs> look. No discrimination out there against anyone, but let us know if you use the term pappy to describe well, your dad. Is, he didn't say poppy. No, pappy. Pappy. Like, is that a regional thing? No, that's like a... Have you ever heard of um, the real McCoys? Yes, but what? The, the, the theme, that's the only time I've ever heard the word pappy, that's why. In the theme song to the real McCoys, it's, it says like Granddaddy Amos... Yeah. Or no, Grandpappy Amos and the Girls yeah. and the Boys. And that's like literally the only time I've ever heard Pappy in my life. Pappy. Like your Pappy. That's like a, that's like a, not even redneck, that's like a hillbillies thing. Yeah, that's, uh, if you use that or if you've heard someone use a lot of Yeah, that's folks. like weird, like extinct hillbillies in the yeah. United States that don't even extinct. exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like your Pappy. So Vader's all happy about his upcoming title shot that he never got in real life yeah. uh, at Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah. And uh, says he wants to show Frankie his new move, the Vader salt, which, which you were saying. Yeah, that was always, that was his move before the Vader <laughs> yeah. bomb, but whatever. So he does. He displays the Vader salt right next to a dancing Cory and Topanga yeah, who Corey's grew out like, of the way. move over, like, dance to the left or yeah. something. Let me make some joke about it. As Vader flops down in the ring. And then we end with a nice shot. It's... Corey and Topanga on the left side of the screen dancing while Vader's laying on the mat happily looking up at his son. Like your pappy. So I want to say this. This was actually a pretty happy, fun, easy to watch oh, sitcom involving wrestling. It was actually really good. And like, it's the rare, like, I think a lot of people wanted us to review this eventually, right? Because it's been it, talked about a long time. Because yeah. it, we've done a lot of the other ones, right? But yep. here's, here's the weird thing is that this is probably one of the best wrestling TV. and TV things that ever happened. I agree with you because it's not insulting to wrestling. Right. And that's one of the things when we look at when we do a sitcom or a show that portrays wrestling in some vein, we always like to look at how are they portraying it? Are they insulting people? But I, I think part of the reason that this was so accurate is because WWF was clearly involved with it. Not only that, it's um we know from later years that Daniel yeah. Fischel herself is a wrestling fan. Big wrestling fan, yeah. Which we were trying to theorize, did it come from doing this episode, or maybe she was as a kid. <laughs> yeah, right. She, she was like maybe the one that requested to the producers, we should do an episode where there's a wrestler in That'd it. That'd be like, funny if that was actually why. Yeah, like one or the other. But we know that her that she is like a huge wrestling fan. Yeah. So the point is that I think when they were doing um Girl Meets World, the sequel series. Mm -hmm. A horrible show. I believe horrible. that they had some wrestlers come to the premiere on request of Daniel Fischel. Oh, that's nice. Like some of the current, like she is like, she loves the WWE. Yeah, she does. Big yeah. fan. So, um, this episode did not feature Sean's, uh, Corey's parents. Yeah. They're just gone. Did not feature Eric. Yeah. And did not feature Mr. Feeney. Also did not feature Sean's dad, Harry, the hardware salesman. <laughs> Who, not only did he have a heart attack on Home Improvement, remember when he has a heart attack and dies on <laughs> Boy Meets World? He's had a heart attack on every show he's ever been on. <laughs> he, he, he's had more heart attacks than any man in TV history. <laughs> so, 
to put an epilogue on this, I wanted to give you from Graham Cawthorn's awesome site, <laughs> the history of the WWE.com, the results of the house show at which this took place. Okay. So first of all, this was at the Arrowhead Pond in Anaheim, California. Now we don't know. We still don't know if the, the establishing exterior. shot because I'm pretty sure that isn't the, the Arrowhead Pond's pretty big. Actually. Yeah, that like, wasn't the that wasn't the Arrowhead. Yeah, that they were showing on the exterior shot there. But this was a real WWF house show that took place at the uh, Arrowhead, and it was on October 13th, 1996. Just for context, so this episode aired November 15th. So this wasn't really old. You know, it was only a month old. Yep, this footage. 5,331 people uh, Not a bad attended. turnout for the mid-90s, actually. No, honestly, uh, for a fall house show. Yeah, in the mid-90s especially. Yep, not bad. This is the, this is the days of the high school gyms we're yeah, talking about. So. Really, high school. Yeah. Included Brian Pillman interviewing Sonny, which led to Steve Austin coming out and stating that he will face the winner of the world title match next time the WWF comes to Anaheim. Oh, that's weird. I know. Uh, so here's the matches, Gwen. Barry Windham defeated Justin Bradshaw. Oh, God, that sounds horrible. The battle of the future Blackjacks. Yeah, the, the, yeah the, not even the current Black, no, the future, future. This is the Stalker versus uh, Hawk. Ugh. Jose Lothario pinned Jim Cornette in 55 Wait, seconds. Why? why was Jose Lothario wrestling? Why? Let alone, this is it was a, minute. a couple weeks until he wouldn't even be here anymore. Good. Vader pinned Jake Roberts at 1047 with the Vader bomb. In Vader's corner for the match was Ben Savage, Ryder Strong, and Ethan Suplay. Wait, what? That's Frankie's name, Ethan Suplay. That's not his name. It is! Wait, wait, what? Ethan Suplay. <laughs> no. It is! Did, uh, that, folks, we are just finding this out. I'm not kidding. Wait, We're, is he Gordon's son? Like, what the fuck? Footage was shot for an episode of the series in which Corey and Sean helped Frankie bond with his dad, <laughs> I Vader. like that this is all in Graham's description. <laughs> Prior to the bout. Brother Love introduced Vader to the ring. After the bout, Love taunted Roberts for losing with Jake hitting the DDT and putting the snake on him. So that was obviously for the live crowd. Okay, gotcha. It wasn't shown on Boy Meets right. World. Also, Steve Austin pinned Sabio Vega at 10.04 with the a Stone Cold Stunner. Beard. Yeah, <laughs> still. <laughs> Psycho Sid pinned Vader at 4.22 with the choke slam. Were you wondering about this? The WWF Intercontinental Champion Mark Marrow. <laughs> Mark Miro. Mark Morrow. Yeah. <laughs> pinned Hunter Hearst Helmsley at 11.54 with a moonsault. I'm sure um, that was a normal raw match between uh, those two that happened 45 times. A, a moonsault? Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, a moonsault. Uh, the Grim Twins, you remember who they were? Is that Jacob and Eli Blue? Yes, with short hair. The Bruise Brother version they, wait, of they them. they were in WWF, though? Again, yeah. Oh, the weird. Grim Twins defeated the Smoking Guns at 445. They That's embarrassing. Them? They beat them? Maybe it was during that breakup angle of the guns. Remember, they were starting to like have problems. Is this post-Sunny being with them or not? Yeah, it's right after Sunny left them. Okay. And the Undertaker pinned Mankind with a tombstone. During the bout, the top rope broke. <laughs> Two more. Wow, this really went really well, this show. <laughs> Two more matches. WWF Tag Team Champions Own Heart and Davey Boy Smith defeated Henry and Phineas Godwin. I bet you that was okay. It probably was. Yeah. But during the match, the top rope broke again. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, WWF World Champions, World Champions, excuse me, Shawn Michaels pinned Goldust. Something with Goldust, basically. At the 21-minute mark Whoa. with the super kick after kissing him. What? Because of the problems with the top rope earlier in the evening, 
the bottom rope was moved up <laughs> and the bout was wrestled without the bottom rope. Well, you don't need the bottom as much as you need the top. That's very Although, true. what if you get in a submission hold? How are you going to get it? Oh, your... shit, that's true. Well, then you get it under the rope. You're good. So. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Just under the rope, right? Yeah. So that that's was... all fair, I think. <laughs> that was all fair. Folks, that was Boy Meets World, November of 1996. And this has been OVP Podcast Season 11. Uh, that's a wrap for Season 11, eh? That is a wrap for Season 11. And I just want to remind you guys that next week, it is a holiday special. It's just convenient that it is taking place yeah, between seasons. Totally coincidental that yep. it did land on there, actually. We, we would be doing it anyway. But uh, before we kick off Season 12 on the 31st, next week, the 24th, Christmas Eve, Quinn and I are reviewing the winner of the live review poll for our holiday special. It is In Your House Seasons Beatings December 95, Quinn. Should I also read the um, Christmas Carol or whatever to all a good night? Whatever yes, that is. absolutely. You should. I mean, I would be very disappointed if what, you didn't. What, what is that? What is the name of that? Twas the Night Before Christmas? Night Before Christmas. I'll yeah. read the Night Before Christmas to you next week. Can you do that? Because, folks, we uh, hope you look forward to that. That's going to be interesting. Quinn, yeah. are you going to wear a Santa hat with me? Uh... I mean, if we want to do it for the video, we might do it for the video. One dollar gets you uh, watching us with Santa hats. <laughs> That's right. Yes, the, the real hats episode. <laughs> if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Be sure to join the Facebook group. If you haven't yet, we promise you won't be disappointed. Follow us on Twitter at OVP podcast. And we want to thank you again for a great season of fun time. Thanks so much for being with us here next week. It is season's beatings. But until that time, I am Joe Murata. That is Michael Quinn. We are signing off for Season 11. We will see you next week. See ya. Here to romp you through the world of retro wrestling, I am Joe Murata. That is the incredible Michael Quinn. How you doing, Michael? I actually choked on like my, my own. I was like about to talk and I was like Well <laughs> that's an amazing beginning right there. <laughs>
I make it look easy. You're not Mr. Perfect. It's not always easy, folks. I just I make, make it, it look, look that, that way. way. way, way, way.